Hey, Brazilian Dragon Squad. Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast, but you don't know where to look? Anchor is your solution. It's really easy to use, and it's also free, so it's the best of both worlds. You can record the podcast using Anchor's creation tools, or you can upload your audio when you have it all recorded elsewhere, and Anchor will do all the distribution for you. It's really easy, it's really simple, and best of all, it's free. Create your podcast today on anchor.fm. Hello, Brazilian Dragon Squad. It is me, Felipe. And just first things first, this is a Naomi episode, so hide your kids, hide your mothers, hide your fathers, because uh, there's lots of swearing involved. But also, I just wanted to pop in and say, one of my biggest pet peeves in podcasting is when people feel underprepared, and I hold myself to the same standard. I did not like how underprepared I was for this podcast. And I feel like it was noticeable. Thank you to Naomi and Maddie G for carrying the podcast this week. Um, it's still a fun episode, so I'm not going to edit a ton out. I'm going to keep it mostly, uh, unless it was like actual editing issues. Uh, but we had a lot of fun. I just wanted to apologize for the lack of preparedness in my notes. And uh, because I do hold myself to that standard. Anyways, it's a lot of fun. I still hope you check it out. Uh, we talk about Matt's Keeble, which is a great movie. So, take it away, theme song. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Grab your popcorn, silence those devices, and let's all go to the lobby here at the Nail Movies. We're back with another edition here on the Brazilian Dragon Network, talking Max Keeble's big move from 2001. And McGiggles is not my name, or me name even. I'm the Brazilian Dragon Felipe, and I'm here with the titular Naomi Calhoun, who is not an evil ice cream truck driver on the side. No, I did work in an ice cream store, but um, I actually found a lot of joy from it. So I'm doing her. And actually, I don't know if you guys can see on my t-shirt, I have written the movie that we're going to watch today, which is <laughs> Max Keeble's Big Move. But I think more importantly, oh, I should, you know, I have to get another shirt that reveals what guests we're going to have on this podcast. Hey, God, just give me like okay. five seconds. Okay. While Naomi does that, let me start. Uh, Amping up our guest. You know him best from Twitter. He's a phenomenon on there. Uh, he has impeccable taste most of the time, unless you ask one specific person. Um, and yeah, he's just all around great. You might see him marching in a band, so we're not going to take it. Just clapping along with Naomi on the saxophone. It is Maddie Fresh, and that intro was cracked. 
Wow, what an introduction. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you you might see me in a marching band <laughs> dancing to We're Not Gonna Take It. It's definitely possible, but... Um... I think more more likely you're going to see Maddie G in a food fight. Oh, yes. I'm glad, glad we had this. Maybe the, I don't know, a, a top tier food fight scene. But yeah, I have, it's well established my history of throwing food and using food <laughs> as a weapon. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, so many great memories from this. Like, oh, Max Keeble big move is what we're talking about maddie g you brought this movie to the nail movies go off yeah i uh you know fitting with with this theme of like revisiting old childhood movies um i uh you know saw saw the list of potential childhood movies and i saw max keeble's big move and i said this this is the one this is i remember Mm. seeing this in theaters i may have even seen it multiple times like i don't know if there was a better movie for a a seven-year-old to see i um i've I feel like I rewatched it relatively recently because I remembered a bunch of stuff and I, I must've seen it within the last few years. Cause I don't think I'd remember this stuff from like 15 years ago, but yeah, this is just a favorite childhood movie. It's famously in my top 200 movies of all time. And you know what? Maybe not quite as good as I remembered, but still definitely uh, I, I would watch it again. Even I'd watch it tomorrow if you wanted me to. You, I, you know, the, the thing that just surprised me out of everything you just said is that this movie actually aired in theaters because I don't think I ever thought that this movie was in a theater. 100%. I, I exclusively saw it on television as a child and never imagined that it made I mean, it to a screen. My recollection was it was more on Nickelodeon, but I was definitely wrong because it's a Disney movie. Yeah, I don't remember. I didn't remember it being a, whatever a Disney movie, reason, but it, felt like it definitely a was. Nickelodeon movie. Yeah, um, maybe that's because uh, Josh Peck is in it. But also a, a lot of people in it from like that I just a lot of people in it that were in just other things that I also knew as a kid. So maybe maybe that's another reason I love this movie so much. But yeah, I feel like I saw it on like I saw I must have seen the trailer, like a commercial or something. And I just, you know, begged, begged my mom to see it. I definitely saw it in theaters for sure. I have vivid memories of that. And I also remember like the trailer for the movie also like spoils it because I the, ingrained in my brain is the part where uh, Max Keeble is like looking into a fisheye lens and saying, we're not moving. And that happens with like 20 minutes left to go in the film. So I don't know why that was in like the commercial promoting it, but huge spoiler there by, by Disney to do that. Uh, I There's a list of things that I sort of wrote down from this movie of like childhood fears and moving, I feel like was at the top of my. Oh, it's that, still like, a thing like. I thought that it was going to be such a bigger problem when I was a child. I thought I was going to be moving all the time. I thought I was going to be giving up my friends every year. No, never. Yeah. No, still, like, my parents were like, yeah, we might move sometime. And I was like, no. My house is my house at this point. Yeah, I, I never had to move as a child. And my position was always, um, if ever it is presented to me that we have to move, I would refuse. Like, it's just not happening. I'm not going. You can't make me. You have to physically pick me up and put me in the car and drive me there but it wouldn't happen i would i'm fully confident in my ability as a child to refuse moving anywhere and i don't think i would have ever let it happen especially what they gave him three days notice has that ever happened like i i know he had to move for work but to to give to give him only until friday like how is that even possible there's so many things that have to happen when you move did they have to like sell the house or something i don't don't know how that works yeah fudge sucks 
Yeah, I feel like that that's just like this bigger theme. And I'll say this, Maddie, I think this movie completely holds up. We're afraid that I was gonna shit all over this movie as I love to After do. I heard Pink Panther, I uh, <laughs> I was I second guessed my decision to come on. I said I don't know if I can handle it if Naomi comes I, on and just oh, tearing us to shreds. Shout out to Mary Kwiatkowski, who was talking about her favorite Beyonce song being the end credit song to Pink Panther on the Instagram um, live. Politely Mary, that's an insane choice. That's insane. <laughs> But I was like, oh, maybe we should we should have Marion on for five minutes on the next Neo movies. Out of all Beyonce's discography, that's the choice. I mean, I'm blown away. Um, no, I, I feel like this movie was very, very fondly remembered for me. It's an it's an incredible movie, and like there's so much in it that is very, very like implanted deep in my brain. Like if I'm a sleeper cell agent for Max Keeble, it it's probably like <laughs> because I watch it so much. But I, I wonder Felipe, because this movie comes out in two thousand one and Maddie G and I are both uh a little bit, you know later old. days. No I'm kidding. Or <laughs> later, you know, the people in this cast are later days. But Felipe, uh, you're quite the youthful cherub. Do you remember <laughs> this movie at all? Because you would have been absolutely what, like, no, I've seen it. I saw it multiple times on TV. Like I remember vividly, uh, uh, my friend the triplets. They it was on their TV one time when we watched it. So like there were parts of this movie that I was like, oh yeah, I definitely remember this. Like robe in the glass cage, uh, <laughs> the the him with the flag or with the robe flag. Like there were a lot of robe sense memories. Uh, the food fight for sure is like classic. So I definitely remembered a lot fight. of things. Like I couldn't have told you like the plot of the movie exactly going into the rewatch, but I remembered a lot of the visual, like, moments, like, that was something that stood out. There's not much to the plot, and, like, they, the, the plot doesn't even really get started to, like, a half hour into the movie. Like, the first half hour is just, like, establishing Max Keeble, like, this kid, he's not, like, the most popular kid in the school, but he's definitely cool, because everything he does is cool. I definitely wanted to be this kid. Like, he, after seeing the movie for the first time, I went home, and I said, that's gonna be me. I want to be in a movie about my life, just like that. But my name obviously wasn't cool enough. Like, I'm my name's not Max Keeble. I can't, I can't like live up Matt, to that. So. Well, yeah, Max of course, Keeble I. Is one of the coolest character names I've ever heard. One of the coolest character names. Also, I love that this kid is like two foot six. He's really representing for the short kids. It was yeah. I, like it was so important for me to have representation as a as a young kid like that because I I was I, I feel like I also was um two fully two feet shorter than everyone else in my classes even uh, in first grade or second grade when this movie comes out. Um, so and, wait. Like, have you seen the movie where he is a uh, full court miracle that I talked about recently? Uh, the, that he's at Orthodox school and he wants to play basketball. Oh, and... he's in full court. Wait, that's miracle? that's him. That's in there. Yeah, that's him. Okay, I was like, it... oh my god, it's Max Keeble when I first saw that. Because in my mind, he was in he was in Home Alone three. three. He was in Max Keeble's yes. big move, and then he disappeared off the face of the earth and was never oh, in anything yeah. again. Uh, no, I didn't. I never realized that he was in Alex D. Linz as the actor was in um, Full Court Miracle. Also, he's like f- apparently fourteen in Full Court Miracle, which comes out two years after uh, Max Keeble, where he's probably like eleven. I don't know the the Alex. That's some Lins really that's some really good math line. there. <laughs> I don't know the Alex D. Linz age timeline is uh, interesting. But yeah, so he's a really cool kid in the first you know half hour of the movie, and then he finds out he's moving, and then he really just you know, turns it up a notch and becomes even cooler and just like, you know, sticks it to the man all over the place. And that's pretty much, 
you know, the rest of the movie and then he finds out he's not moving. Like all, all of the uh, all of the action is really jam packed into that middle half hour or so. And that, that's when we get a lot of the fun. Yeah. That's when we get, you know, he, he finally figures out that I'm surprised I'm all over the place here, but I'm surprised uh, the parents didn't feel the need to like tell the teachers like that he was moving because no one seems to know <laughs> that uh, that he is going to be moving. Yeah, they only told on the Friday, apparently, and then that's after they didn't even move. Like, only, um, what's her name? Rangoon. Princess Rangoon, yes. How, how do you not know? They say, the principal says her name, like, 50 times. They were really Which, proud of Jesus that. Jesus Christ. Well, I, the just... principal needed to be dropkicked multiple times. <laughs> he is such a delightfully stupid villain. I, in a movie that has 15 villains, like, he is, he is a very good one. Well, it's, it's I, I just want Larry to Miller, back. right? Yeah, yes. Larry Miller. I just want to jump back to what you were saying, Maddie, about like the movie doesn't really have a plot or like the plot doesn't really get going because I kind of like, I kind of disagree with that take. I think that this movie actually is like a really, really good kids movie because it like everything is sort of layered in a really interesting way where like first it's established like there's lots of bullies and like he's trying to be cool for school and then it's like oh actually like look at all these bullies picking on him and the principal is the biggest bully of all like and then everything really comes to a head and then you have the twist of we're not moving like i i forgot how good of like a story structure this movie was i didn't think it was going to be that good i thought it was going to really fall apart the same way that like stuck in the suburbs really fell apart but this is like great this movie is great yeah that's true like the well, first, they had yeah, a bigger like budget <laughs> probably well like the first half hour is like a lot of setup like like you said where they yeah. set up all the bullies there they introduce all the characters they really show what a uh, max keeble's life is all about the second half hour is like i'm moving so now i'm gonna like cause you know i'm gonna stir shit up everywhere and then the last you know 20 25 minutes or whatever are, are i'm not moving and now let's uh let's deal with now my friends also hate me as well so let me let me win them back over yeah, so the first 30 minutes could have missed me, and I also want to clarify that I was watching this, and I put a timer, so I would watch 30 minutes and then check out the RHP Instagram Live. And then I, the thir first 30 minutes, I was like, ooh, I wonder what's happening over there. It's Mike Bloom and Kirsten. And then I the timer went off, and I popped on, and Mike Bloom was shirtless, like in the tube top buff sort of thing. I was like, what the fuck did I miss? So then I went back, and then I was like, oh, the movie picked up. So the first 30 minutes were a little slow for me. I will be transparent. Also, How dare I, you? I did not, I'm not a big fan of like gross things. So like when he was thrown into the trash can, that was nasty. And then I almost threw up when Robe tried to eat the pasta off him. Robe might be um, the most disgusting character in cinematic history. <laughs> they really, uh, they really show us that he's willing to drink, you know, cans of Coke that he finds on the bus. He's willing to eat uh, dumpster pasta off of Max Keeble. He is never taking that robe off. He's even wearing it to uh, play basketball in gym. Uh, I doubt he washes it every day. So I think he, this guy probably uh, smells very bad. Well, he I definitely like got robe... COVID, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't kept up with robe, but I have to. I have to imagine that in, in the long-awaited Max Keeble reboot, that is no, that I is think robe is... in the works chilling in the basement like he's not going anywhere they said you can stay inside forever and he said okay great i'll do it and he said perfect perfect i feel like this movie did a fantastic job of setting up all the characters right we get all the little snippets like it it always gets straight to the point who's this character what are they known for and then like that always maintains throughout the movie like megan's always playing her clarinet and robe's always wearing robe and shit like that and i really uh like all these characters too this movie like 
for me, oozes charisma. Like every single actor in this movie is really dynamic to watch, really funny, and like good at delivering the performance that they need to deliver. Yeah. And like Josh Peck, poor Josh Peck, because like <laughs> the kid got so stereotyped into being like the fat kid character mm-hmm. on things, but he's so funny. It, and it really is like a shame that he gets pigeonholed so much because he, well, he is isn't anymore actor. because I feel like now he's getting like legitimate like comedy role. Like he's in How I Met Your yeah, Father. Yeah, but because he, he lost weight. Guy. How I Met Your Father is the peak of comedy, so he is getting these. Big... <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. Josh Peck is like in everything these days, and he always kills it. I'm a big uh, Josh Peck guy, and you know was back in the day as well. But like you were saying, Naomi, these performances from these uh, children are just really good. Like I was yeah. saying, I was by the end, I was very upset that uh, Alex D. Lins is not in more things. Maybe I'll have yeah, to go no, back and rewatch really it. Really talented. He is so, so good in this. He has oh, like yeah. so many. He has so many standoffs at like the end of the movie that he has to like pull off, and he does them all like flawlessly. He is really holding his own. Like even with the adult actors with larry miller and jamie kennedy like his performance is just so good like i loved every bit of it and then everyone else like megan uh i don't know the actor that plays megan because i don't think she's been in many things since then either and then josh peck is obviously amazing like Zena everyone Gray. is just so- yes thank you um would love to know what she's up to Zena i think Gray megan really- i think megan is very cool even though she's painted as like the band geek but i think this movie did did a lot for uh making band cool again I will say I did not like the the one casting choice I did not like was uh, the dad. I felt like he was a little, like I don't know, it was off. Max, and maybe it was like, how is this man Max Keeble's dad? But uh, well, well, I, well I, yeah. when, when a man, when a man and a woman love each other, they... do you? I mean, do you not recognize the dad, Felipe? Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, no, I know who it is, but like, I feel like nah, the man had not as much charisma to be Max Keeble's dad. But that's and like also, the point. That's the point is that he he doesn't stand up to the bullies yeah. until Max teaches a, him to stand up. He's supposed to be a big loser until. But the the, the the dynamic between Max and the dad, I felt like the acting was a little off between them. So like there was like not as I don't know. Maybe I'm yeah. nitpicky. Did you I, notice I, that that uh, Sam? I think his name's Sam Carradine, who plays the dad, is not the only uh, Liz- Oh, Robert Carradine uh, is not the only. Uh, Lizzie McGuire character that we had in this movie. Did you did you notice that uh that Gordo also makes a one second appearance in this movie? I didn't not. notice it, but I was saw it on kid? IMDb. And I was okay, everywhere. I noticed it because I think I heard I heard the voice and I was like, that was Gordo. And then I rewound round and watched it and I was like, yep, that he has one line and he calls Max Keeble Ricky Stinko, which uh <laughs> Robe oh. thinks is like a very funny line. I don't really get the insult, but Robe is Robe was all about it. But yeah, his, one of the kids looked like the drummer kid from uh or the guitar kid from School of Rock. One of the right. no, he, he would have been he would have been way too he would have not been old enough to be in this movie because okay. that that is like 2006, maybe even 2008. Because, like, you know, think about how old Marina Cosgrove is in Drake and Josh. Like, they're School all of Rock is on, School of Rock is 2003. Yeah, so you are yeah. severely uh, misjudging. Number, when... number two on Maddie G's, right? Number three is my number third three. favorite movie of all what time. But, but like, think about how old Megan is in Drake and Josh. Like, mm-hmm. and Josh Peck is that much older than her in that show. Like, and she does School of Rock. Anyway, I think, I think he's like a little too young to be in this movie, but. Maybe I'll yeah. go back and watch. I probably won't. I I mean probably I because every, I mean, everyone... can we talk about the cameos though? Like Tony Hawk and Little Romeo? <laughs> yes. Tony Hawk and Little Romeo both in this Wild. movie. I guess it's not canon that Tony Hawk lives in the neighborhood because that was only in the dream sequence. But uh at, at first I was like, wow, Tony Hawk just is Max Keeble's neighbor. That's pretty cool. And then Little Romeo's just in his class. Where where does this movie take place? 
SoCal probably. It, that was my assumption. Yeah, it looks like California because I think I saw palm trees at one point. Definitely not Chicago because that's where he's moving to. But I Right, don't know and where... they say that he's going to move like a thousand miles away. So I have to assume that it's like. But that could just be a kid saying a thousand, like meaning. Yeah, but I, miles. you know. There's palm trees, so I'm like, it's either Florida or California, one of them. All right. We'll say that it's California. Um, yeah. I, I want to circle back to, like, the beginning because I just feel like we, like, the fight scenes with the with Jamie Kennedy, the ice cream truck driver, that start the movie are so good. And, like, him being a paperboy. Okay. Another thing on the list. This, this is the running list of things that Naomi thought were going to be more prevalent as a teenager than they actually ended up being is being a paper boy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Who like I I read like Ramona and Beezus and stuff and like think someone's a paper boy in that book too. Like the paper boys were everywhere as a kid, I feel like. And I was like, oh yeah, maybe my brother will grow up and like deliver papers. Nobody gets the paper delivered. So there are no need for paper boys. And I can't believe that there's such a thing in this day and age because also you got to imagine if you're going to be a paper boy you got to wake up so fucking early to deliver that paper before school that's true and not for nothing i think max keeble's a little a little too young to be to be working so much like he's he's you know paper boy of the year he's never missed a delivery he's even when he's about to move he's still you know doing his route he's a very committed paper boy and i just hope he's getting paid what he's worth as a little uh, 12 year old yeah no, he uh, he was a baller in that scene. And I was like, damn, Matt Skeevil. And then I was like, wait, this is a dream sequence, isn't it? Um, it becomes very obvious at, at, at a yeah. certain point that it, it's, it has to be a dream sequence. Yeah. Um, the one thing I'll say that didn't hold up was the kung fu part of the movie. That's yeah, what... I don't know. I don't know if kung fu scenes in, you know, these movies ever really hold up, but. Uh, yeah, that that could definitely. And then, be so that started off. I was like, "Oh, I hope this movie doesn't get canceled." And no, I feel like it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like a a general parody of like what are like you know kung fu movies are kung fu movies and and you know people mock them, but also like it it's like dubbing. It's just like shitty dubbing that they're sort of yeah. making fun of, but it also like doesn't really work because also you have to be a kid who understands the concept of shitty dubbing in Kung Fu movies to then get the <laughs> joke in this movie. Yeah. There are a lot of these moments in this movie where I'm like, I would not understand that joke. Like when they make a joke about plausible deniability. I'm like, I, as a kid, <laughs> I would not process that whatsoever. This was definitely like, the first I had ever heard of plausible deniability as a seven-year-old watching this movie. <laughs> um, yeah. So after the dream sequence, Felipe, what happens? Because what happens? Uh, he he wakes up at seven a.m. and he, we get an introduction to him. Um, introduction, sorry, the lack of diction bothered me. Um, and then uh, we had his mom, and it's like, oh, it's taken six years, but this house finally feels like home as of today. I hope we don't move. I hope we don't move in the next few days because I finally yeah, love gone- this house. Nora Dunn got nothing better. to do. I'm sorry. That was disrespectful to Nora Dunn. She had nothing this movie. Am I supposed to know Nora Dunn from something? Uh she's Nora like she's Dunn like one was... of the few she's like one of the few people in this movie who I don't know from something else. Uh Nora Dunn was like a cast member on Saturday Night Live in the eighties and is like a general, like pretty I don't want to say like famous famous comedic actress, but like is like a is a pretty well known comedic actress and like um it, it was just kind of crazy to me that like she yeah, is well, like a comedian, and this role was like not very funny. Yeah, you definitely couldn't tell in this movie that she uh, yeah. she is a gifted comedian. 
Yeah, but we get to meet Max Keeble, and then we go through the school day, starting with the bus, and get introduced to the whole junior high landscape. So we meet Robe, whose real name is Robert. I did not remember that, um, but he. Was I didn't remember that video. until you just said it just now. I didn't <laughs> okay, remember yeah, from watching think, the movie yesterday. I like the fact that it's a uh, Robe for Robert because those are the first four names, but it's because he wears a robe. His name could have been Matty G, and he'd still be well, called Robe. I don't know. Maybe he they started calling him Robe because it was short for Robert, and then he just leaned into it and said, "All right, well now I'm going to wear a robe every day." Yeah. We, don't, right, we, need, the, opens, we need the prequel. This opens the floor to a debate that I was texting Maddie about. I love bathrobes. I love robes. I I I think they're perfect uh, additional like clothing to have in your household. I have a terry cloth bathrobe that I use after my showers. Like I love bathrobes. I'm obsessed with them. And Maddie G feels differently. Yeah, I hate them. I've I've never been a robe guy. I think they, you know. I, I feel like people, the big thing that, you know, comes up in like maybe comedies and stuff is that people wear a robe and they don't wear anything under it. And it's very revealing. So they sit down and then, you know, you're seeing their, their whole package there at the, at there. No one, no one, no one really needs that. So that's a big strike against it. Also, I feel like robes and uh, maybe people that wear robes and maybe, you know, my opinion has been colored from this movie and also personal experiences. So obviously excluding you, Naomi, but I think that uh, robes and people that are wearing robes maybe don't smell the best. And maybe that's just because I'm associating them with them with robe who I feel like doesn't smell the best. And also mm-hmm. I, I had a, uh, I had a, I wouldn't say a friend because he definitely hated me, but someone in college, <laughs> someone in college that wore a robe every night. And whenever he put it on, I, I couldn't be near him. Cause he just, the robe smelled so bad. I don't think he washed the robe. So I think, I think, uh, I, I think in my mind, robes are smelly. Robes are revealing. Robes are, are they comfy? Sure. But so are like sweatpants. So you can wear other comfy stuff. Like I don't understand uh, bathrobe culture here, <laughs> especially mm. not enough to wear it to school every day. Oh yeah. No, that, that was cracked. You figure someone at some point would say that's not allowed. I feel like the, this yeah. uh, this principal's yeah. ruling with an iron fist and just letting Robe walk around in a robe. I yeah, mean, uh, did you guys have like that kid in your school that like wore a piece of clothing like every single day, like a ro- like not necessarily a robe, but like a hat I think every maybe, middle but, school. Like hats weren't allowed in middle school. See, there was this kid in my middle school who wore a Dr. Seuss, like, cat in the hat hat, like, everywhere. Okay. Which is funny. Great. That bit. is funny. I mean, there are definitely people that had, like, uh, Pikachu hats or stuff that they just wore every day. But that's a hat. And yeah. Speaking of hats, uh, did anyone else have the hat that Max Keeble wore in the, in the like, security break-in sort of scene? The, like, blue fire hat? Like, the beanie? <laughs> hmm, like, I, I had a red one and a blue one. <laughs> I don't think I have. Oh. I, I will say that I do think that Max Keeble inspired my uh, like spiky hair look that I had through like first and second, maybe even through third grade. I think he was. Uh, I was doing. I was trying to. I really just wanted to be Max Keeble, or at the very least, be Max Keeble's friend. But unfortunately, uh, that that never happened for me. Yeah, Max Keeble is like want... one of the coolest like characters. I, I think he is, as far as like yeah. kids go, especially. He is one of the coolest people that have ever been like one of the coolest characters that have ever been in like a kid's movie of all time i feel like he's he's almost like it feels like diary of a wimpy kid a little bit like the way that the movie is sort of structured where like we have all these snippets of like him narrating and showing what's going on but max keeble is like so he's so lame that he's almost cool where it's like it's just cool to be yourself and like that's what this movie is all about and i think that they do it so perfectly like alex d lens is a fantastic actor 
character of Max Keeble is both cool and dorky. And like, there's something about how he charisma being dorky, he has as, cool. like, as like, he's like four foot nothing, you know? And it's like perfect. Literally every Short single thing. other cast member, except for Megan is like, a foot and a half taller than him including his love interest which never yeah. I, I which never sat right with me because she's clearly uh four feet she's and four, four she's four feet taller than him and four years older than him and it's just yeah. like I, they, I can never get into this because I, I can't even imagine being uh having a crush on someone that towers over you like that yeah no he like he made dorky being cool like he that that we love max people in this house but we get introduced to everyone. We get introduced to Orlando Bloom, who's like this stockbroker sort of character, like who's who made like a million dollars when he was ten and then lost all that money. <laughs> yeah, I love that um, he became a like millionaire by later. ten and lost it all by twelve. Yeah. You, you uh, know and, he is like so into cryptocurrency right now. That character. oh, absolutely. Like, and now he's yeah. trying to get his fortune back by like ripping people off in the school, charging them to use the bathroom, stealing their lunch money. Like how long would it take to become a millionaire just by stealing lunch money and charging people to use the bathroom i would probably do you guys do you guys remember how much your hot lunch was at school like how much it cost oh we had the ticket system so like we would get tickets in the mail every couple months and then like a ticket per day um, yeah it was tough it's like I, probably 250 something like that yeah for me <laughs> i did i did so pre- my my parents. I'm sorry. So I'm Maddie. so sorry, Maddie, to interrupt. I need to understand how Please the do. fuck public okay, yeah. hot lunch worked at school. So, uh, <laughs> my parents would pay, like, send a check in, and yeah. then they would give us like tickets, and then your meal. You had to give a ticket for your meal. So, like, they would like. So the tickets it, get sent to your house. Yeah, and then you have to bring a ticket each day. See, that's very stupid because how many in mine, t- like, much like you, I had okay. You know. It, we need to get to the bottom of this still. Yes. Naomi asked. Ask I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, keep going. Were, keep going. Were you sent like a whole booklet of tickets? Yeah. Like yes. for the so year like, or for like the month? For like the quarter semester or whatever. Okay. And then, yeah. And it was and like then, per, like you had to send in a certain. Did, did they roll over? Like, could you after the court? Like, did they I think track? Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> all, right, all right. I'm done with this, Maddie. Please go ahead. I don't honestly. Let me ask yeah. my mom. Let me ask my mom. So Just like that's, send her a random that's definitely stupid but i w- i am also going to not be able to answer naomi's question because for me i also had what they called a prepaid lunch where my mom would send in a check and then i had an account with like you know i, I think it was probably like 50 dollars at a time so i would have like 50 dollars in my account and i would just go up there and punch a number into a little system yeah and then whatever they got would take it off so i don't know how much i was actually spending on lunch because i was just punching in my number and then eventually the cashier would be like Oh, by the way, you only have like a dollar left in your account. You might want to send it another check. Yeah, I mean, so Maddie, that is what my school eventually adopted. First of all, hot lunch was about a dollar ten when I was a kid, and my <laughs> number was oh nine eight nine six zero. Enter is what I would say in my head every time I put it into my number. I don't number. know how you can. I don't know how you can still remember that. I I don't know either. But uh, like that was the system we had. You know, I would usually bring like a dollar and a dime to school, but like this kid is not, And you know, I was in, I was in elementary school from about like 2000 to like 2005. I don't know how this kid's making up that much money off of stealing like a dollar from children every day. He's going to steal like so many dollars from so many children, but why wouldn't he just, I know exactly. Yeah. Stock market. <laughs> um, he also- seems to know what he's doing. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. He just likes to use <laughs> business terms and then he's actually an idiot. You know how I would make um, money though. But the I would, teacher uh, made money too. Like that's also a weird yeah, element yeah. of like this. This school has like insider trading going on, and this brings <laughs> me to another thing. Who the fuck 
if you're a child in 2001, do you know what the stock market is and how it works? Because I no. certainly didn't. I did not know until I was Dobbs, like 20. Dobbs does. He was. He learned. <laughs> he learned. You know, in, when he was single digit age. If you were a child under the age of 10, did you know what the stock market is? Right into this podcast. At and me. if you're if you're under 10 right now and you know what the stock market is, please write in. We'd love to And get also some tips. tell us what the cost of a hot lunch was for you and if you remember yeah, your but, login number. Okay, so the ticket thing happened I think through like mid middle school and then they got the keypad system that you guys okay. were talking about. Yeah. No, cuz okay. I remember that Thank too. Thank God they got then, rid of those tickets. Cuz then my parents would put in like money and then I would like t- buy a cookie and they would get mad at me cuz they could check the account. Oh, so that's funny. You know how I would make money? My friends would, you know, I I'd I'd go up to lunch and my, my friends would be like, you know, I don't really feel like waiting online. Can you just get something for me? They'd give me cash. I'd pocket the cash, just use the account to get their lunch. And then I, I just get free cash because my mom's paying for the lunch and I, I not not me. <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur. That's See, I would just like, I just knew to like steal like four quarters from my mom. I think cookies were like 75 cents at school. I was like find four quarters or three quarters around my house and like go buy an ice cream bar in, in high school. Like, you know, like I, I... <laughs> not only do you still remember your punch in number, but you remember the prices of every single item still on your cookies were 75 cents. The, the ice cream vending machine had like dollar to dollar 50. I think a dollar 50 was the cost of a um, uh, drumstick cone because that was my favorite. What a my- bummer. If you ever bought a drumstick cone and there was like a almost like a grab bag option and it was just the plain without like the chocolate or the caramel in the bottom, what a fucking day ruiner that was. Like I got the ice cream, but I got the shittiest kind. Man, you know, I'm just reliving my traumas right now. But this is about my- middle school. This is not about high school. Yes, we got a junior junior high as they call it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I feel like to me it is strange to be a ninth grader and go to school with sixth graders. Like mm-hmm. That that should be banned from the U.S. education system, in my opinion. Uh, and no argument here. I don't... Get these adults yeah. away from me. I'm glad that Max ends up uh, going for someone his own age by the end of the movie. Yeah, good for Max. Yeah. Uh, we also get uh, introduced to the principal, who's unhinged in his own way. He uh, really, he's like, go sports. Uh, he is trying to cut all these different budgets to build a stadium. In the name of the superintendent, who mm-hmm. uh, was this football star that he idolizes, uh, he does this uh, morning announcements on a TV. Now, did y'all have TVs for morning announcements, or did you just have the intercom? Yeah, we. I just had an intercom. We didn't have uh, a TV set up like, like that in every classroom, which just like turns on whenever he's a- about to start doing yeah. an announcement. I don't know how he's mastered that technology, but that's pretty impressive. Well, you would I... think he'd master how to turn off the camera. <laughs> yeah, he really needs to learn how to turn off the camera. That's a problem for him throughout the movie. I I I actually did the morning announcements a couple times in middle school, but just like on the the microphone. Look at um, you. I think I was probably promoting like the drum club production. What about band? In. So for what do you mean? What about band? Did I do band? Yeah, yeah, what about your band band? <laughs> You're no, nobody was concerts? promoing band concerts. What man. about band That Naomi? shit was brutal to sit through. Uh, no, I, I don't want to. I, look, my musicals were also brutal to sit through, but at least that was like, hey, we did like you know buy a ticket. Like banders just show up and like have fun watching Whoa. these children squawk. Um, no, I, I I did the morning announcements. I also did the morning announcements in high school once or twice, and that was on video. But we had like a very like 
uh, nice studio that I think is part of like a bigger education system about communications. And, and like our school had a lot of remodeling done, but like video at middle school was like not, I wonder if they have it now. I'm, I would love to know if like middle schools have video announcements now that just feels like too much. Like these middle schoolers don't care. Don't spend this money on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Maddie, Maddie, we watch high school musical, the musical, the series, and they have video announcements there oh, yeah. on that show. Yeah. And, and that's like, their time to shine. Real? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like Naomi, you, you got to do the morning announcements. I, as a fifth grader, uh, was not the person who got to do the afternoon announcements, but I was the hall monitor. And as one of my responsibilities as the hall monitor for the particular wing of the elementary school that I was in was that when the people that do the morning announcements, when they're running late, I get to take over and do it. So I was like the substitute afternoon announcement person. Oh, and every day, I would just, I would, yeah, I would just pray. I would just pray that Nick and Allison were running late so that I would get to be me, my time to shine. I had it all down. Um, I, I still remember my lines really as the afternoon announcement person all these years later, much like Naomi remembers her punch in codes. I, I, I'm I, dying if, to hear <clears throat> it. I'm dying to hear it. <clears throat> yeah. If I had to get tapped in now to do the afternoon announcements, I think I get ready. <clears throat> all students with a note to pick up their younger brother or sister may do so at this time. All students with a note to pick up their younger brother or sister may do so at this time. How was that? Wow. That was the first one. That was, that was the one I had to do most often. Cause that was the first really announcement that goes off. You really got the tone down. I feel yeah. like. Yeah, that was like, at 3.15. I really feel like I was, I was sitting in my classroom like, oh my God, when is school over? I don't know how to tell time. And like that came on, you know? Yeah, I think that was at 3.15. That's when that one came on. Yeah. Um, I, hall monitors were another thing that I thought were fictional in movies. I did not Until have hall monitors me? whatsoever. Oh, Except I was... for teachers. Like the teachers would sit outside in high school sometimes and like just watch high traffic areas. But like we did not have hall monitors. No, no, no. no. I was leading all those kids to their buses every day. Yeah, uh, it, I, they were a line. A line of first graders were just following me outside, and I was pointing them to their bus. The Pine Piper, <laughs> exactly. Um, the last person I, we meet. Oh, go ahead, Naomi. I wanted to. I wanted to ask about um, one thing with the principal, which is like, is is Larry Miller as iconic to you? I, I guess I want to just talk about Larry Miller for a second because he's such an iconic character actor, especially he's still recognizable. In general, like he's yeah. So he was first of all, he's in the Princess Diaries, which I think everybody kind of mm. knows. Um, he was in even Stevens as well, wasn't he the principal? No, or that's a Raven. I can't remember which show he's in. Hang on, let's look at Larry Miller. Larry Miller is in everything, basically. Yeah, no, he um, and the guy from High School Musical Two, which Maddie is very familiar with, uh, <laughs> at the uh, Lava Springs, they like feel very yes. similar to me. Yeah, I agree. Because I've definitely seen both of them, like, just in a bunch of stuff. I know Larry Miller is definitely, like, a big-named person. I definitely know him best from this movie. He, this is probably the first role I saw him in. So anytime I see him since, I'm just associating with this. So I, I, I'm not sure what else he's been in. But I, like, I know he's definitely a very famous uh, comedy person, along with Nora Dunn, apparently. And, um, yeah, I've definitely seen him in plenty of things. Y'all want to hear uh, the d Wikipedia description of his character? Of the course, sure. corrupt megalomaniac, me uh, megalomaniacal school principal. Well, there <laughs> you go. Megalomaniac. Megalomaniacal. That's a, That's a hard uh, word. Well, so he, 
the principal is like wants to become the superintendent now this is also something i didn't really remember like why the principal was a bad guy but like this is great character motivation normally it's just like oh it's an evil teacher it's an evil principal like mm-hmm. he has very set goals he wants to become the principal he does not want anybody to screw up the superintendent <laughs> visit that's coming and he will not tolerate any bs and like it's perfect and then max gets beaten up by the bully and so like the, like all of the i feel like this is like watching dominoes fall over and constantly fall over because it's, it's, like it's all means, really well like- set up Mm-hmm. yeah like mm-hmm. the meme it's all that... perfectly set up i think in this movie like it, it's really great screenwriting like on a great script <laughs> yeah no and then okay, our last antagonist that we meet uh is troy mcginty who max remembers from his fourth this dude looked like he was in ninth grade i will say that uh compared to max kiebel but max kiebel is also a short king so well also yeah. the the iconic Noel 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 Fisher, who was uh one of my favorite characters in Shameless. That's what I know him best. And I remember the first time I watched Shameless and he showed up, I said, That is the bully from Max Keeble's big move. So very exciting to go back and now watch him again after watching him for eleven years on a, on He's another also show. Also Vladimir in uh the Twilight series and Michelangelo in the um Oh, in the cartoon. Okay, of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, well, he, well, he's great as well. We we love him. Yeah, yeah he, so... this is what I remember him most from. Like when when Shameless started getting big and people were watching Shameless, I was like, oh yeah, that's the guy from Max Cable. Like, uh, yeah, he, that was he never when I first saw him. Like when I first saw him, I was like, that's the guy from Max Cable. And it took like a few seasons for me to finally accept that he is Mickey in Shameless. Also, yeah, but so he his trauma is from Max Cable's fourth birthday party where he had McGiggles, um, and this giant barney-like frog wait um, Felipe, i gotta interrupt you for a second i believe it's mcgoogles it, it is mcgoogles mcgoogles is me name McGoogles i like a, name. i like a swampy bug or whatever <laughs> and i do like a swampy bug we stand a swampy, like a swampy bug, bug. <laughs> just for the record much like mcgoogle when i prefer my bug swampy but down in the valley oh okay all um, right go ahead McGoogles is me name. Oh, there's a there's a Reddit for McGoogles. R slash McGoogles? It's not the Max Keebler Reddit. Oh, no, it's R slash C Reddit. Uh, quite possibly the greatest movie reference I've seen in all my days of Reddit. Why do I know the song? Okay, this is not... This is not... So, I guess it is, since, since he was at Max Keebler's, like, fourth uh, grade birthday party or whatever it was, I guess it's canon that they are supposed to be the same age, even though he's clearly, like, four years older than him. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. All right. All right, I guess I'll suspend my disbelief there. Did y'all did y'all have any like creepy things at childhood birthday parties? Like clowns freak me out, but otherwise, oh. I feel like no. I I had so many recurring like uh Barney nightmares when I was a kid, but I still watched Barney. Like it, it didn't stop me from watching, even though I was having like count like three separate recurring nightmares where where Barney was just uh did I don't even want to I don't even want to go into it. What? Did he also, did, were you also scared that he was going to eat you like my Googles? I don't know it was so much eat. I think it was more uh, that he was going to grow really big and sit on me and like smush me that way. Also, that was one of them. There's another one where he just kind of like talks to me through the TV and like threatens me. That was one. And then there, yeah, so. So did you, uh-huh. did you always enjoy the songs about like Barney getting run over and stuff that like, <laughs> Yeah, I enjoyed them because I mean that was just peak comedy. Not right, <laughs> but yeah. But in my waking hours, I was not ever scared of him. It was just when I would sleep and then I'd wake up and be like, oh, oh my god, that was all right, all right, time to watch more Barney. But, Bar- Barney's not real; <laughs> he can't hurt me. Exactly. Oh I never let it affect uh, my relationship with him in real life. 
<laughs> even though he was tormenting me in, in my dreams. <laughs> I'm very good at separating, oh. separating uh, the oh personal from the business that way. What about um, you, Nate? I was, you I was really, um, so when I was a kid, we I had two uh, best of Disney CDs, which had like a lot of oh. various songs on it. And I fucking See. hated Poor Unfortunate Souls. Well, that movie, that song still scares me today sometimes. I'm trying to go to bed and that comes on the Spotify playlist. I'm like, oh, right. no. So I'm putting, I don't know why my parents would do this, put the CD on as I'm falling asleep to this music, but then Poor Unfortunate Souls would come on and I wouldn't want to fall asleep because I was so scared. I was like, fuck no. Um, yeah, I really hated Poor Unfortunate Oh, you know what? Okay. I mean, the biggest trauma I had as a child was I accidentally watched a music video on MTV once. I was probably like eight or nine. And in the music video, these women uh, try to get a man. I, I think it's like a, I think it's a rap music video. And I think it's something about a man eater. And these women get a man to come up to their car. They drag him into the car and then they throw his bones out of the car like they've eaten him. And I saw that as a kid and I was just like, I had pure nightmares for weeks about it. And I like couldn't tell my mom because I couldn't tell my mom that I was watching MTV. And it's just like- <laughs> You heard it first. There's nothing, there's nothing you could do. You heard it first. Naomi is afraid of feminism. Wow. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna look, I'm gonna try and find this while- uh, I also had nightmares to the Thriller music video. Uh, so. I was not really watching that as a, as a child, nor as an adult really, so I- uh, oh. Definitely uh, can't relate. When I was to a youngin, that music really creeped me out. Um, and then, yeah, no, I, I don't know why I wanted to go on a tangent. So I had the tapes, not even the CDs in the car, the like tapes for the Disney songs that Naomi was referencing. And then side oh, A was the instrumental. No, side side A was the vocals, and then side B was the instrumental track only. Uh, I, love... I have to disagree here. I don't think those are the same thing. I had two CDs that were the best of Disney Volume 1 and the best of Disney Volume 2. It was like the electronic, there was a, a, a Main Street per, electronic parade song on there. There was like the TV Oh, I room, definitely know like... what you're talking. Was it like a blue CD with a Mickey Mouse ear? Or something? And, then, and then a pink CD with a Mickey Mouse ear. Yes, correct. Yes. I definitely had a lot of like Radio Disney CDs where it was just mm -hmm. the best of Radio Disney. I had so many of those. Those I grew up on. Kids Bop I grew up on. I Kids Bop is like, I remember ha having those first three cassette tapes of the original Kids Bop. And still, when like certain songs come on, like I hear certain songs, I'll be like, that song was on the original Kids Bop. I was introduced to so much music through that. Speaking of, like, Kids Bop is still putting out great music. Did you hear the, uh, the, Call, me by, the Call Me By Your Name <laughs> Kids Bop version? Um, I heard, I heard. Um, WAP about a water bottle. Oh my god! Yeah, but yes. I heard the other That's one that really was good. like I like uh, like waffles and something, or you know, like they did like it's they did so funny. second WAP parody. <laughs> it's so funny when they have to, when they choose songs where they have to literally change every single word to the song, <laughs> but just like keep the melody the same. Um, but anyway, I was speaking of you know music. The uh, <laughs> the soundtrack to this movie is incredible. There's just like oh, so many of I like. Agree. Just so many pop punk songs, and every I was every song that came on, I was like, "Ooh, that's good." Let me uh, Shazam this one to put it on a playlist. And Shazam was giving me no results for anything. So they are just they are just these, uh, I guess, not, not well known pop punk songs. But I was bopping along to all of them. No, um, but even uh, even the like, I got goosebumps during the marching band. Uh, we're not going to take it. But also, like, oh, I love the part. fact that uh, they had uh, the. <laughs> sorry, it moved me. Naomi's hair. It, 
It, no, no, no. That was a strangely emotional scene. I, I actually oh, have to agree all, with you. No, no, no. I, I have to. I have to agree with Felipe. That is a, that is an emotional scene. Yeah. Um. And then, uh. Oh, the Britney Spears. Uh. The intro that they that, probably had very little rights to, so they just kept playing that one. They part. just kept playing the instrumental. I think they blew their music budget on the uh, two-second instrumental to that song, and that's why they couldn't afford any other like well-known tracks to put in the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so McGoogles, we get introduced to them, and we see in the flashback that he thinks that McGoogles ate Max Keeble's dad. I mean, I um, see why. Max Keeble's dad was in McGoogles. Yeah. What is but his again, job like another... exactly? Sorry. Advertising. He's advertising, so he just has all these different prop costumes, like the lobster and the... And as, the adver- as advertisers do. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, again, I think this goes back to like, well, again, this is a great domino effect. Like his his dad is pushed around a lot. And so he has to be the like the schmuck in the suit. And as he says, like there's all these junior ad execs who would totally like take over his spot if he says no. So he has to do it. And like, an- like another great, like you have to stand up to your bullies, you, but also like, he wears these stupid suits. And so he was in the McGoogle suit and like, it's all like perfect, perfect setup. And like <laughs> the little kid who plays, um, like Troy McGinty as a kid is great because like yep. McDougal's is gonna eat me. It's a great live delivery. I it's love very... when a child actor sells like something so perfectly. I feel like it's up there for me with like there's there's some great line. Key, the way that Larry Miller says Keeble in this movie is fantastic, but also like McGoogles is gonna eat me is like right up there with like my favorite like Disney Channel line deliveries. And Maddie knows what my favorite one is because. You kept saying it on the high school musical pod, and it was like my favorite. Like, wait, which thing one was that you it? Did. Oh, oh, wait, <laughs> was, was it the why, why are they in the tree? Like, why, why? what the heck are those two doing? What are they doing up that tree? <laughs> that is actually one of the great line deliveries of all time. Oh my god, what are you doing up that tree? Uh, also, I'm pulling up. I, I highly recommend to anybody listening just Google Radio Disney Jam uh, Jams. There's like a Wikipedia. There's a whole Wikipedia basically listing every track list and look at them and see which one is most visceral to you because there's so many Radio Disney releases. But like you know, I'm so upset that Send It On is not on Spotify. Ooh, I'm so sorry. Are oh, you an Apple yeah. Music guy, right, Maddie? No, 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 no. You're I'm a spot. I'm a spot. I, I got, I got my Maddie's confused. Yeah, you better. You're, you're I, you better. Spotify. You better not. Yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, ever since Spotify offered that uh student Wait. discount, I, I hopped yeah. on. The Ghostbusters is on a Radio Disney. <laughs> yeah, I think Ghostbusters is on. Okay, here's here's some great ones. This is this is I think my favorite. Um, Call Me Beat Me. Uh. Can't Help Falling in Love Classic. by the 18s, Move It Like This by the Baja Men, Oh Aaron, which is like a really weird song when you listen to it as an adult, I'm Gonna Make You Love Me, What Makes You Different Makes You Beautiful, uh, Pop by NSYNC, Get a Clue, yep. Kids in America, Kryptonite, oh, Play is Gonna Kids Play, God Bless the USA yeah. by Jump 5, I Say Yeah by <laughs> like, yeah, uh, So mm-hmm. perfect. I was gonna, you went so fast, but I was gonna try to do the NSYNC sound effect that they have on Zoyer Big Brother, the Wax Street Boys intro <laughs> i know somebody was like is that the wax street boys and i was like so obviously it's the wax street boys bit like that's the whole joke what do you mean yeah. is it the wax street boys um i think the, also, the 18s the 18s need to make a comeback 18s jump five like uh, my just the, concept, the concept of being like a preteen like abba cover band is just such a such an inspired idea 
Pond the I... replay was on a Disney Jams. Oh, Rihanna just put that banger. What about uh, that song Hey Juliet? That one was always in my. That one was always stuck in my head. Yeah, you but got it. Also, like, Y'all remember Yoda, Yoda was on the Al- Weird Al parody Weird Al- of yes, Lola. Yes, yes, yes. Yoda was on yeah, these albums. That's probably where I first heard I... that song. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I just wanted to say that, like, Yoda, I feel like yeah, 18s and Jump Fire, like, these groups of, like, like intermixed, like, gender pop groups, like, really needs to make a comeback. We obviously have the boy bands and the girl bands and whatever. I need, like... Seven teenagers. I don't know any of the names. They're all like they all have one hair color, and you can't tell any of them <laughs> apart. And you think they might be siblings, but you're not sure. And they sing like covers of Elvis songs, Abba yep. songs, and all these things. And you're like, are these their real songs? I don't know. I'm too young to know this. I need the help to come back. Um, I just, uh, if you're talking about sense memories, I was looking on here. The Mitchell Musso version of "Lean on Me" by Bill Withers with the rap verse. I don't know if I'm familiar with that one. I think I, I think, think it was believe part it or not might Snow be the Gen Z millennial gap. <laughs> that's the cutoff. That's the cutoff. But there was also like Bubbly made his way on here by Kobe. We'll have Colorado. to we'll have to get Nicole oh. back on to d- determine when Radio Disney went from millennial to Gen Z. Which song was the one that did it? Yeah. Uh, shout out Queen TikTok Nicole. Uh, of course. Um, so yeah, we get introduced to like everyone at the school and then so we get like the big setup and i feel like that's the whole first 30 minutes of the movie is like set up and max keeble gets bullied he gets thrown he get in the mud and then like uh sand chips or whatever what is that thing that he- i don't know yeah i don't know yeah because he says he calls them he calls them breadcrumbs and i didn't know what it was that he was like pouring on max keeble i did not have that available to me as a student in middle school i didn't know exactly what it was. I mean, good for Troy. He's really, um, you know, making the most of, you know, everything that he has. They're apparently able to just, yeah, they're apparently able to just sneak out of the school, like undetected. And then uh, Troy's able to at least easily sneak just right back in. But I, I guess since everyone's in the assembly, they don't really notice uh, that the two of them are missing. But yeah, he, you know, throws him in the mud. He gets all those wood shavings on him and he, then he throws him in the most disgusting dumpster of all time. And I feel like Max really had to like roll around in there for that, all that stuff to get like, so stuck on him like it ultimately does i mean he probably just like troy picked him up and threw him back in and like kept doing that for a couple times probably to like make it all stick yeah i guess so it's too bad the sprinklers weren't on before he went back into the assembly yeah something i forgot to mention earlier is that thank you max keeble for bassoonist representation um Mm. it's really it's so important to me when i was a child to to see bassoons represented in media so thank you max keeble and he wanted Um, to quit he wanted to quit in this movie like a little bitch i i can't i mean i can relate i i quit band after sixth grade um what was your instrument no no hang on maddie i was gonna say my 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 skill in life is that I can guess what people played in well, school. Retroactively, okay, were you what going, did I play? Were you, go, were you going I to was say trumpet? I guess a brass instrument, absolutely. Because okay. here's like here's you know knowing you and knowing that you quit, I feel like you would have picked something that was like sort of bigger, right? You would have picked a saxophone or a trombone or a trumpet, right? That's there. There's a certain vibe that people have, and they're definitely going to play one of those instruments. And I feel like you just have trumpet player energy. Um, I think trombone is like I don't know that you would have wanted to play something that big. No, definitely not. And saxophone. He's a short king. Like, he wants something relatable. 
yeah saxophone's too cool for me i would never be able to be cool enough to play the saxophone Name i was played saxophone what are you talking about no, sorry, <laughs> wow um, the, nothing nothing cooler than a saxophone solo to be honest but yeah i was really good I'm and for <laughs> I was really good in fourth and fifth you grade. My saxophone yes. And that was real. That was really cool. I, I really love that video. You were an all-star. I was really good in fourth and fifth grade at the trumpet. And I, it's my conspiracy theory that I would have made all Lindy in fifth grade because I was clearly the best. My, my band teacher is always remarking how, how incredible it was that I was so ahead of everyone else. But I think he turned against me when I made a, uh, to me as a fifth grader, it was a very funny joke, but he, I guess, uh, disagreed. And, uh, I think from, from God, I don't even want to repeat it live on a podcast here. We might have to say that for, for, for off pod. It was definitely, uh, man, it was definitely some dark humor for a fifth grader. So I understand why he was uh, unhappy with it, but I think, uh, that is, that's why ultimately I didn't make it. Then I revolted. And then in sixth grade, didn't even bother to learn everything. I was really just like moving my fingers along to the, to the tune. And then, then, then shortly after that, I quit. Naomi, can you guess my instrument from middle school? Um, or in elementary school too. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can, look, I I can. Now, Felipe, the problem is I can't tell if you would have been forced to play a string instrument by your parents or not, because I don't think you would have necessarily chosen a string instrument. My first initial guess is clarinet, honestly. However, I feel like like vaguely knowing your parents, they might have forced you to play a string instrument because I feel like there's always those kids who like, I would have played trombone, but my mom told me to play the violin, right? Yeah, no one wanted Um, to be in the orchestra. Everyone wanted to to play trombone. If I give you this information, uh, in fourth grade, we were only allowed to pick string instruments. And then in fifth grade, we could choose to do band. Interesting. Okay. Um, I feel like you would have played the viola. And then you either would have quit or you would have pivoted to clarinet is my guess. You, I was thinking viola. viola, right? I was thinking I, viola. I, I chose to do the viola. Yep. And then uh, I was too scared to disappoint my teacher by quitting. So I never got out of it, even though she sucked. <laughs> yep. And right. so, but I really wanted to be a saxophone kid. That's what I wanted to do. Mm. I knew I wasn't cool enough for it, but like, I don't know. Maybe I was like, maybe the saxophone will make me cooler. It won't. Let, let me tell you, I, I played it for <laughs> truly a decade and it, it doesn't. Do you know what um, David Tama Will is? I th- you might have did he say it. he was a trombone? No. Is he a trombone player or is he like... I, My brother was a trombonist. So is mine. Everybody's little brother plays trombone. I don't know what it is about life. but My little brother was percussion. Mm. Oh, that's another one. I want it to be the drums. <laughs> <laughs> um look if you're if you're on twitter and you're listening to this right now tweet at me and i will tell you what instrument you played growing up um well this is great i'm pretty good at it um but let's circle back because i want to talk about this bitch jenna and her first chair (laughs) (laughs) because nobody nobody has a name on a chair Okay, but she the- but she did, and it was huge. <laughs> and to be fair, Megan should have seen that before she sat right. down. Megan was and it could not it there. could not be any bigger than. <laughs> Which leads me to the theory that Megan can't read. Oh, I was gonna say it leads me to the theory that Megan walks backwards into the class and just sits down on a chair because clearly she <laughs> she cannot see. But that also might be it. She might not be able to read, but. Still, she should have noticed something that there were huge letters there. Maybe ask someone else what it says or something. Maybe she's too embarrassed. <sighs> so many possibilities. You know, middle school is so hard for all of us. Um, <laughs> I just feel like that that scene was so funny to me. Like, there, 
they also have you know there's this plot point of max is really horny for this girl who had gets yeah. oops i did again played every time she entered the room <laughs> which is insane um but max you know this girl megan has a crush on him which is like it's all kind of subtle i feel like and the only way that i think you're supposed to know that megan has a crush on max is that she is a girl who is friends with a guy yeah no i think i didn't even pick up on that as an adult i was like i do not remember that plot point and only when robe said it i was like wait they could this could have been established a little better robe spelled it out for us but i mean it should be assumed that anyone who is friends with max is going to have a crush on him he's the coolest kid in school Ask Felipe, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not the drag. No, I, I, I feel like this. This is kind of why one gripe with the movie is that like Megan is a really cool character, and then it's just like, oh, she has a crush on Max, and that's why she's feeling sad. Like she just feels sad because Max is her friend, and he because Max is being her. a shitty friend. Yeah, like yeah, that, exactly. that's enough. Like she, she is warranted to uh, be mad at Max, even if she didn't like like him as more than a friend. And Megan is a very cool person, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Second coolest to Max, of course. Um, what happens next? I can't remember. Okay, like, so we like we get the like big first day of school stuff, and then he like takes a shower in the sprinklers. Uh poor, And then dries off from she dries off remarkably quickly because in the next scene he is uh, very dry. Yeah. Poor Megan has having to hang around two smelly kids the first day of school. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Two smelly boys. This is her this is her lot in life. Yeah, um, but then we find out that Donald tells the family that he's moving to Chicago for his boss, um, and Max is like, why don't you stand up for him yourself? Um, and I don't remember if this is the scene the next day, that after his first day of rambunctious acting, um, but he goes to school the next day, and uh, he gets a swirly by Troy McGinty for standing up to Robe, or when Robe is encased in a glass cage, which was a very... What the fuck was that? Also, also a uh, getting a swirly, also a staple of these like kids movies yes. that, uh, to my that knowledge, never, to my knowledge never actually happened in uh, in real life. Well, still waiting, that, yeah. still waiting to give Naomi, that's on my, my childhood trauma list that never happened. I also I feel like we failed to mention something that I I actually did kind of forget, but is very visceral now to watch back is that the bully Trump McGinty would the his bit was that every day of school he would come to school yes. with a new white shirt. That had in Sharpie scrawled on it the name of the kid. Well, it wasn't just Sharpie. Out. It was like cut into the shirt, like the it, lettering. How, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure how he went about doing that, but I, I love it that. It's Sharpie, very... black Sharpie with red highlights. Like he had like a color scheme going. That's so know? extra. It's so dramatic. I love it. I love the theatrics yeah. of it. I'd love to see Troy McGinty's closet. It's just like a bunch of plain white tees with different names on them. Probably one they for like, Delilah. Every... Every yeah, for maybe one for every student in the school. He just has that's the only thing in his class. Does he? Man, I guess so many questions. Does he only wear the shirt with the victim once, and then he gets rid of it, or does he? Well, like, he had make... multiple different Max Keeble shirts. He had like Max Keeble and friends, and Max Keeble only. Uh, <laughs> does he people... save it for if they become a victim again? There's so many questions. If we could get Troy on the pod, I think there's so many questions we could ask yeah, him about his, his process. DMs and be like, we don't want to talk to you about Mickey. We want to talk to you about Troy McGinty and the Googles. I bet he'd be about that. I I think that um what what Naomi you're the manager for all of us. Please do that. (laughs) What is said is that Troy McGinty's gonna beat up a new kid every day. So first day is Max Keeble, and then the second day is Freak with the Robe, which also feels like (laughs) kind of rude. Freak with kind of rude. He is a freak with the robe. I know, but like you don't have to say it like that. 
And then he traps in a thing. He's a bully. Could have died, like, honestly. What is that glass cage? Why is there just like a glass cage in the middle of the hallway? It's like the trophy cage. So he cleared the trophies out and put put Roven? Yeah. And no one was willing willing to open the door except for Max. These teachers suck. Oh, they have no, it's it is the wild west at that school. There are no no rules, oh, yeah. no regulations. The teachers have no power. They cannot do anything. They don't care that the bullies are literally running the school. They are asking them for stock tips instead of like controlling the situation. There, no no one cares. No one is asking Max why he got pushed in a dumpster before walking into the assembly. It is it is lawless at that school. It is insane. One of my notes is: Are there only hot teachers in the school? They should be. Oh arrested. my god, mine too. Larry Miller we, is not hot. I'm sorry. No, th- we, but he's the principal, Felipe. Literally, have... we have ba- we have back to back scenes. There's the one scene where they're like, "Oh wow, look, they ha- they have a hot the hot teacher," and then the very next scene is like the chemistry teacher, which I guess they take chemistry in middle school now, where she's all. So I was like, "Oh my god, I guess they only hot uh, hire like the best looking teachers for this school." Yeah, well, that chemistry teacher barely had a role besides being a thirst trap. <laughs> yeah i think she was into it too like max keeble like kisses max keeble kisses her on the hand at one point and she like gives him a look naomi's vomiting uh we didn't talk about one of my most important notes for this reese from malcolm in the middle is in this movie well that's on yeah. you for not bringing up your own notes but yeah he he is he doesn't get a name in this he's in this a movie, caption but... writer according to the credits <laughs> yeah. um he and this other kid who's the photographer they just like kind of give us a lowdown on who's who and like the, that one scene with the kid with the acne uh yeah. t- telling yeah. them yeah. about all the bullies and i was a like, huge uh i was a huge malcolm in the middle guy so i, I was, was too and then i can't tell you like a single plot point from the show like i watched every episode not even the bowling show. episode where's akiva oh my goodness no it well malcolm i remember francis lived on a farm and yeah. dewey was the best those are like the highlights for me <laughs> Yeah, I haven't watched in a while. I definitely still have the first season on DVD, but I don't think I have any of the other seasons, nor do I even maybe even have a DVD player at this point. But yeah, so I was very excited to see him. I think I was even watching Malcolm in the Middle like as a seven-year-old, so I probably recognized him at the time. Um, great, great job by him playing a caption writer. I love mm-hmm. that um, Jamie Kennedy's Evil Ice Cream Man, apparently his like legal name is also Evil Ice Cream Man, so he doesn't actually have an actual name either. Yeah. Oh, uh, I forgot the the rivalry with the evil ice cream man was because uh, he like was chasing after Max Keeble one day or something, mm-hmm. and his mom called the cops. They, I thought called... it was that like Max found something in yeah he found a reason? yeah he found a cockroach, oh, a cockroach in his ice cream, and, and she called, called like the health... health and safety inspector. Yeah, which explains why he hates Max Keeble so much, but it doesn't explain why he hates seemingly every child so much yeah. because he's he's rude to everyone, not just Max. Yeah, poor Robe just wanted his ice cream. Yeah, what a business to get into if you're, I mean, you got to figure your number one customers are going to be children and to hate all of them. To, yeah, It's got to be tough for him out there. Well, th- this reminds me of like when I was a kid and you'd watch movies and it'd be like, oh, Miss Crunchbowl hates children. And I'd be like, then why is she a teacher? I don't <laughs> yeah. like that never made sense to me as a kid of like, oh, this character despises little children. And I'm like, then why the fuck are they working with them? It, my like, childhood, I just, I just I, never... yeah, my childhood ice cream man was the best. He knew everyone's what? orders. Yeah, what's your go-to order? What's your what's your ice cream? I well, usually so was it a I, scooper ice cream truck for you, or was it like the popsicles and all that shit? I, I mean, we definitely did have like a, a Mr. Softy, but the the guy I'm thinking of, Mo, uh, famous. Hey, my my ice cream guy's name was Mo. Wow, that just must be the name you uh, you give yourself when you get into the ice cream business. Yeah. But yeah, that was mostly just uh, the popsicles. Um, 
and like candies and everything. I don't know. I was always just getting Mountain Dew. So he knew as soon as I got up there to slide a Mountain Dew my way. And I and well, I handle... only getting Mountain Dew from the ice cream man. Um, I'm sure I was getting other stuff at times, but my 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 usual like my regular order was a Mountain Dew. So if I was getting something else, I would get that. But there would also be a Mountain Dew every single yeah. time. So, so and I, I remember like... that the Mountain Dews were a dollar. That price I do remember. Yeah. I feel like I had phases, like when I was like up till when I was six, I was getting like the the Spider Mans, the SpongeBob's with the gumball eyes. Um, yeah, I was big and... into the SpongeBob. I was big into the SpongeBob popsicle. Yeah, and, and then... Sonic. Sonic was a big one. Ooh, Sonic oh, was a yeah. big one. They had uh, one of the Powerpuff Girls also. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had Bubbles. Bubbles, yeah. Yeah, and then they uh, then later on I got into like there was my the scoopers, like the cookies and cream one, the Screamer, I think it was called Scream. Uh, ice cream. Oh, the blue bunnies yeah. like the cups and then later on i got into like the choco taco uh the rocket pops yeah damn dude if like some dessert place made like an adult choco taco just like bigger and like even better i would lose my fucking shit um send me I, I was, tacos everyone i was i was a spr- i was a sprinkler girl do you remember sprinklers they're basically like you know the the inside vanilla outside covered in chocolate but then also had like the round little sprinkles all over oh the yeah i like i like the chocolate eclair ones that like oh like those the, are the strawberry the strawberry shortcake if jacob redmond's listening not <laughs> yeah um, i uh <laughs> i definitely just kept it simple with the popsicles i don't even know what you guys are talking about so yeah. Also, Felipe, I'm not following those stupid fucking rules of shutting up. So, well, no, I, I know you aren't, but I uh, don't want you to have bad luck because I know Jacob will be listening potentially if he does. What, is it, what are we even referencing right now? I'm so lost. Okay, so this motherfucker, as we know, Jacob Redman loves to do this thing where he, it's like if you if when you jinx someone, what he does is you can't talk until you say their name. Oh yeah, I've. Times. I, so I've I've uh, I've witnessed this uh, yeah. this inaction. I've witnessed Jacob bar. get yeah. jinxed, and and he is the type of person that would uh, definitely follow this rule, <laughs> no matter what. So, yeah, uh, I will not, and I don't care if something bad happens to me. Enough is bad has happened to me already. That what what's one more? Um, no, I feel like this is like the ice cream man is an iconic evil villain, and I know mm-hmm. that that seems kind of crazy because it's like who really remembers this movie? But like imagine getting chased by an ice cream truck as a kid like that's so terrifying for some reason like the guy who you love who gives you ice cream is actually a bad person and wants to run you over <laughs> so of the uh of the four main villains of this movie would you rank evil ice cream man as number one villain yeah because he's trying to commit vehicular manslaughter everybody else is just <laughs> trying to like well so is so is uh mr larry tate not mr larry tate what's his take mr i'm G- sorry i'm sorry what you just call him Mr. Larry Tate. That's the guy from uh, Wizards of Waverly the Place. Now, Mr. Mr. Gingerake. Mr. Gingerake. Oh, by the end of the movie, uh, Gingerake has just become so unhinged and so extra. It's very, it's very comical. That by, man was evil to animals, and I can't forgive that. Like children, Naomi would kick a child if she was bothered, but uh, animals, no, you don't hurt them. I can. That that reminds me of just the community line of like. I can excuse the racism, but I draw the line of animal cruelty. <laughs> you can excuse the racism. <laughs> I mean, Naomi has said on the What You Doing podcast that she would dropkick Susie to Mars and hit her with a scooter. Yeah, but that's like a fictional child. Like, I would, it would take a lot for me to want to actually dropkick a real child. But like, yeah, is, I mean, I'll, I'll say it. I would never dropkick a child. And that's just a, a stance that I'm willing to take on this. Uh, Very brave of you. I can't make those claims. <laughs> Hold me to that. If you ever see me drop kick a child, please hold me accountable. Yes. 
um so yeah so max people realizes we're like an hour 15 into this recap and we have barely touched the plot all right let's speed Uh, it along here we go uh, lightning round yeah so max people's like oh i got swirlied and then the teacher's giving him shit so then he's like (laughs) they don't give a shit yeah they're like a thousand word essay by friday's like two thousand two thousand which is like eight pages or so also that's like handwritten at this point because or because max people is not rich enough to have a typewriter yeah, we were... wait. Rich enough to have a type Felipe? It's two thousand. What year do you? What year do you think wait, this movie? I thought is? you were gonna say you said rich enough to have a computer, but you said typewriter. It's a typewriter to see a reaction. A computer. I don't know. That seems like oh, a. Okay. It seems like you're you're walking that back now. I don't know. Um. No, but he also so because Max Keeble is apparently gonna move. He decides that he will be bad. Which honestly, good for him. His idea is like, I'll take all. I'll cause all this shit i'll stir up all these problems and then i'll fuck off and like they can't do anything about it i love how he kicked the globe that looked fun and then jumped on the desk and then he you know he gets his friends to help him and says that they'll have famously you know they'll have plausible deniability but it ends up they just don't have plausible deniability and they they don't because people have two fucking friends (laughs) they end up you know having to take all that shit anyway at the end so it sucks that they weren't able to see that one coming but uh, it is fun for the three days uh, before, yeah. before, before that happens. Yeah, so he has to write an 8,000-word essay by the end of the week. Uh, That's crazy. He also, he also uh, breaks the coil off the ice cream truck man's uh, car so it can't cool the ice cream and they will all melt. Max Keeble he, is smart. Like, it's very yeah. impressive that he's able to put these pieces together. Like, I would not know to break the coil of an ice cream truck in order to... And, and I mean... You know, and by the end, by the end of the movie, he's like operating, you know, vehicles and lifting up ice cream trucks and yeah. uh, riding ostriches. Like, there's nothing yeah. uh, Max Keeble cannot do. Yeah. So he also realizes that the principal wants to tear down the animal shelter that he loves uh, to build a stupid football stadium that's like giant for no reason. Uh, so then he also they learn about pheromones in class one day. Naturally. Which I don't think pheromones work like this, but whatever. Um, Fairbanks don't never... work like this, and also it is like day two of school. Like, let us not forget that school has just started, and the teacher famously, like, this okay, is the first week of school. Let, here's a lesson for you: pheromones. Like, we have not even talked about like. I mean, she saw all those horny boys, and was like, maybe they're we're smelling gonna, my pheromones. We're gonna skip syllabus week, and we're just gonna get right to the good stuff. Boy, they. This teacher needs to go to horny jail. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> she needs to, the middle school boys need to go to horny jail too. Well, like, I think that's, middle school boys no, are just going to be naturally horny. She needs to go to jail for making horny. them too horny. Like, that's oh, like, are you oh, going to blame the no. woman? That's very anti-feminist no. Yes. of you. No, no, no. We are blaming the woman because she was, uh, she was absolutely, she was like intentionally seductive in that in that class. She look at what she's wearing—a lab coat. No, I mean, like, <laughs> she was. She's like, let me bust out pheromones. First of all, if you work in a middle school, everybody knows how horny teenage boys are. And, like, if your idea of a lesson is to be like, oh, it attracts the opposite <laughs> sex. Fuck you. Yeah. That's and the way she trouble. says it, cra- crazy. It's insane. I don't, I'm not even convinced. I don't even convince she's actually a teacher. This is someone that has snuck onto school premises <laughs> with. <laughs> Who is this actress, though? Like, I want to know her name. I, I don't know anything about her. Well, like, um, what's she been in after? Uh, I, she I was know. not recognizable. Actually, one of the few faces because Principal Belding, right, is the yes, band yes. teacher. Yes, he graduated from Saved by the Bell School of being a principal there to uh, become the music teacher at this school. Like, this movie Oh, is she's so... a model, this actress. Uh, Amber Evangeline Valletta. Well, I hope to she's jail. doing well. Straight to jail. Straight to jail. <laughs> Straight to jail. This movie has so many faces in it. Like It does! It has, 
I don't know if you remember him, but the little redhead kid that comes out at one point is the kid from. He was on all that. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I, th I thought coffee. that I th I thought that was the case, but I was not confident enough to confirm it. But yeah, I completely know who you're talking about. And and like that's there's so many faces in this movie, but like it's a real who's who, it's a real who's who. Yeah. yeah, it's a who's who of like every good childhood show, just like all in this movie. Yeah, if if you were to like say that this is like the crossover universe, like you could connect so many different like shows to each other, like it would be kind of crazy. You can't tell me this is like she's actively trying to be hot, right? Felipe, like this. this is perfect audio broadcasting. Is Felipe yes, is just showing us screenshots from this teacher in the movie where she is just objectively looking hot because she's a hot looking woman. Um, but that's not the complaint here. The complaint is that she's busting out pheromones in the middle of the second second day of like second period science class. Yeah, save that for the second semester. Like, <laughs> yeah. That, but then also, a, like, you can't put the pheromones in mouth spray. And then have the whole Noah's Ark hop off the boat and, like, drive themselves into your school. Yeah. I mean, I think also, like, the mouth spray, like, first of all, I think it might kill him if you, like, just spray mm -hmm. pheromones down your throat. But oh, is also, that what like, happened? Okay. I think I, think I missed like that It's like a throat coat that's spraying. And, but also, like, I, I feel like when you, you would notice that it tastes different. Is like, you right? notice that it's, it doesn't taste the same. And so Unless this, he can't taste. I feel like the bitch should have just been that he was like spraying cologne, like you know, like <laughs> something like that. Because yeah. nobody yeah. sprays cologne as like a normal human that much. I mean, this school probably smelled like Axe body spray. So, oh, Is that it? God, yeah. Don't I'm, uh, I just had like PTSD when you said that. Like I just flashed back so hard. Axe body spray. Yeah, that's like every gym locker room. That's all, that's. There was always yeah. just so much X body spray going around in there. X chocolate, yep. those commercials. Ugh. Ew. <laughs> um, and then in terms of Dodge, which is Orlando Bloom, uh, they take his uh, PDA, his personal. Uh, yeah, I think we, uh, in right? the power ranking of the villains, I think we have to give him four out of four, unfortunately. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely the least memorable of them. He's the most, no, I would say, uh, uh, Jing Jing, what's his name? Jin Drake is the Jin Drake is the... Is, is the most capitalist, but Dodds is a close second. <laughs> okay, well, okay. my point was that he's Sorry. the least member. We were we were ranking them by like systems of government and, and economics. <laughs> we are ranking them by memorability. Some people are into that ranking by capitalism. <laughs> I know, but you just went off on a whole different <laughs> ranking system that yeah. I wasn't prepared yeah. for. Real um, pivot, and then who's the oh Troy? Like he uh they he plays the Google song every time Troy opens a locker. We don't know if Troy is a capitalist or not at this point. Yeah. In the movie. No, we don't. I would assume no. he's an anarchist, like like a crypto, yeah. like, like an anarchist who really loves cryptocurrency just because <laughs> it's like free from government control. Whereas yeah. Dobbs is just like trying to make money by like absolutely you know hedging Wall Street bets and shit. You know, um, yeah. Well, I'll say this: if it, this plan of like let's fuck with all the bullies is great, like, especially because again, like all these things come back to, like everything cycles back around again. Like the PDA gets stolen, the ice cream truck is melting, the animals farm that is next door. First of all, we haven't even talked about how the fact that Max Keeble is like best friends with a monkey. Like that is a plot <laughs> element to this movie. That he nursed that monkey as a baby. Yeah, but also very cute. Max Keeble loves animals. Like, yeah, that is like that is vegan. I love this at character. At this he's point, yeah, vegan. I bet I bet he is a, a, in this day and age. Okay, 
Um, but yeah, he's able to uh, like effortlessly turn these bullies like against each other. Like, no, not not the bullies, but the the ice cream men and Dobbs. He's able to turn them against each other. Uh, he's very you know very Machiavellian. This guy. He's got a he's got all these plans in place. He wins Survivor, like obviously. Uh, obviously, because oh, oh, no, he's also very likable. Do you guys want to know what I wrote in my notes? <laughs> Absolutely. That's why we're here. I wrote, uh, Max Keeble would have won Kid Nation, is what I wrote. I think he would have won Survivor. I think as a child playing Survivor, he still would have won. Yeah, I mean, he I had those adults, like, spinning. He was, Max he was, Keeble, uh... like, would have been, like, guys, we can't spend all this money at the town saloon. We need to buy an outhouse. And, like, everybody would have listened to him in Bonanza Town. Was there a winner in Kid Nation? I did not watch the show. I uh, Let's find out. <laughs> While or you did do they... that, um, let me just mention... Oh, go ahead, Matt. No, no, I don't, I don't have anything. You, while, you you, while you do that, uh, we also get the scene before the heart-to-heart where he's, like, Googling uh, cooling coils. Um, and then, like, he, his dad walks in, and he's like, oh, and he clicks, like, a lock on his computer. It's like, the dad would think something much more suspicious was going on. Why are you being so weird? But he's just Googling cooling coils. Well, his, dad, um, his dad's too clueless to think anything. True. Um, and then he tells his dad, you have to stand up to the bullies. Like, uh, what is the Jack Black quote from School of Rock? Like, you have to, like, I don't know. Stick like, it to the man. Stick it to the man. Stick it to the man. There we go. Stick it to the maniosis. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite disease. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, like, I think it was AJ who said uh, Jack Black needed to be in prison for all that shit, even though it yeah, was, like, AJ a good famously movie. in his Mike White was round episode. I I we had recorded that episode like months ago, and then I texted him recently. I was like, "Hey, I need your thoughts on School of Rock if you've watched it." And he sends me back this voicemail where he says that Jack Black should be in jail. And I was like, "You know, what? I wasn't expecting this, but it's perfect somehow." You know, I disagree. He's not wrong. No, like, I, I think I he is. I think he well. is wrong. I think he is wrong. But it's Jack, somehow the Dewey should be in jail. Jack Black is a national treasure. No, I, I still disagree. <laughs> um, um, I okay. Here's here's the thing about the Google stuff. Like you, I thought Troy McGinty was like going to be way more fucked up from that shit. Like he obviously he's so scared that he's like tearing apart his locker uh, to have this shit happen. But at the same time, like, and he gets cornered by McGoogles in the gym in the dark. Okay, my logistical question: Who the fuck was in there? Because Max Keeble's too short to fit in that costume. Maybe uh, it's like Max Keeble on robe shoulders. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that's traumatic. That's some traumatic stuff there. Yeah. Well, with the I lights also... off and the spotlight on the McGoogles, and then he, yeah, like, he, he needs to get he needs to get therapy after that. I also yeah. feel like something I loved about this movie is that the scene with the McGoogles, like, uh, when he's playing on the CD player, is that, like, it's not that he, like, put a tape in the locker that's something <laughs> elaborate up. He's just in the classroom next door yep. playing the tape. Every and every time, time he, he opens, opens the locker. The locker. <laughs> like, yeah. there's something that's so, like, hodgepodge, like, <laughs> low, low scale about this movie that has these moments like this where you're like, that's great. Like, he's he's... He's not a genius. He's not the most smart boy in the world. He just like knows to put a CD player next to a wall. Like, yeah, fantastic art, cinema. You know, magical. Um, yeah, no, I love that. Uh, he's he's like Jimmy Neutron. He's a boy genius. No, the point is he's not a genius. Yeah, that's fair. It's just an average Joe. You know, exactly. Any of us could be Max Keeble. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speak for yourself. I'm not cool enough to be Max Keeble. 
not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, oh, and then so, I, 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 so, I'm ahead. so sorry. I'm looking at my notes. Another thing that we as children, I think, were scared of that did not happen enough is just the idea of getting beat up. We're about to get into the section where they try and all beat him up. Mm-hmm. I was terrified. First of all, I was famously terrified of high school by watching Degrassi. I thought high school was going to have a lot more. Uh, those, degra- those Degrassi kids will go through a lot. Yeah, go through. I thought I thought there was going to be a lot more, you know, like drugs and and meeting online predators than there were. In, in, in I wonder but, what kids think about high school after watching Euphoria. Girl, uh, <laughs> and I feel like um, th- I thought that I was going to get beat up a lot more than I ever did, and so I never got beat up as a kid. I like I would only yeah. fist fight my little brother, and like that yeah. was it. Like I, I I never got pounded on, as they mm-hmm. say. In this movie. Bullies definitely exist, but not. TV bullies don't exist in that. It was more emotional trauma than anything. Yeah, yeah. People don't go around like stealing lunch money, giving you swirlies, and beating you up as are like the classic tropes in, in these, uh, in these like middle school movies and stuff. They bullies just in that way just don't really. At least in my experience of going to school, I've never seen a bully like that. Yeah, I mean, people will say I'll beat you up after school, and then like just try to accept it, but like they wouldn't actually like go through with it because actually. You know, people did in 11th grade, not the bullies, but there were three separate people in one week did threaten to beat me up. I believe I've told you the story, Naomi. <laughs> we'll get into it on other podcasts. That's too, okay, too I, much Too much to get wait, into. What did I ask you that I wanted to talk about, Matt? Because I'm like, I have to go look at our text messages for a Could second. be anything oh. at this point. Yeah. No, uh, uh, we have to start talking about the most iconic scene where Naomi looks at this. The food fight, which is yep. another thing that only exists in cinema, I think. Um, I was gonna I ask told- if you guys have ever ha- been in like food fights like like I famously uh thrown food around to make a point, but yeah. I don't know if I you guys like have a ever noodle been- at someone like across the table, but I've never like had a like a full cafeteria food fight like that. Like I think food fights I- are iconic, and I think this is one of the best food fights I've ever seen. This looks That's so fun. It. There's there's mustard in a tuba. I don't know how that technology works, but it, they made it work. It was amazing. Yeah. I have talked to Naomi on the side about how much I hate food waste on film productions. And yeah, I don't. That, I don't care about it. I think food fights are amazing. Yeah, but look. So, I mean, my my one thing is I don't think that there would actually be that much food used. I think a lot of it would be like prop food. Yeah, um, for sure. But also, like the industry is wasteful in general. I was watching. I've been watching Succession, and I just laugh at the idea that like the. This, like, succession is trying to sort of poke fun at the ultra rich, but then they're also shooting on like a gigantic yacht and therefore like, using a gigantic yacht. And so they are no different than somebody who would be using a yacht for their own purposes and they're probably yeah. using it well, more. Anyways. Uh, so episode three of Promised Land is out and there was like a full spread of like a buffet and it was like all real food. And then at the end, I was like, what happens to the food? So like, oh, we throw this out except for the unopened cans of carrots. Do you want some? And I was like, yeah, I'll donate to a food shelter, whatever. But like all this waste of food like what the fuck yeah the film industry is a huge problem with food waste and like it's it's one of those things where like the film industry as a whole if it got wiped off the face of the earth i it is my career path and i would be fine with it um because it is is this the best is this the best food fight in cinematic history i i have to say yes i i feel like i'm trying to think of the other food fights i remember is there a food fight in cheaper by the dozen we're gonna have to get Ligoria because Ligori famously uh, <laughs> big cheaper by the dozen fan, so he would probably know more than I do. I love the original cheaper by the dozen. I've definitely Maybe seen it also of... in theaters. Okay, but I don't there remember is a well. there's a top ten uh, food fights from WatchMojo.com. Uh, Claudia with a chance of meatballs is on one of these lists. That's Naomi. not a 
not that's no not food, food fights in animated movies don't count because they're not visceral. Yeah, like, you yeah, don't yeah. get the feeling of being a food fight. Really, is everything I'm looking for in a kids movie. I <laughs> think every kids okay, movie should have a milkshake inspired mayhem from Whip It in 2009. Dancers don't do battle it. street dance 3D 2010. Nope. This is cloudy with a chance to meatball snowball ice cream fight. Nope. Learning to cook from fried green tomatoes in 1991. Nope. Zombies getting pied in the face. Dawn of the Dead 1978. Nope. nope. Gonna have to disagree again. The Great Pie Fight from Blazing Saddles in 1974. Cakey Catastrophe: The Great Race 1965. Lost Boys no. with Lots of Food from Hook 1991. Nope. Popping Zix from Animal House 1978. Meh. And then. Uh, and then Max Keeble's big move, number no, one. Whipped cream weaponry from Bugsy Malone. Max Keeble didn't even make the honorable mention, but the Bratz movie did, as did uh, Cheaper Die the Dozen. Okay, so I'm going to... Really uh, the visceral, like, falling into the, the vomit scene. Vomit. Which I feel like... Yeah. That yes. I remember. Yes, that I remember. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, uh, Matt, what we had texted about that I wanted to ask about is, um, I, you said, I remember watching Jackass in eighth grade in a limo. I just want to dive <laughs> into that for a second. Sidebar. <laughs> Okay. Tell yeah. Me. Doesn't really have anything to do with the movie, but um, so I was uh good friends with a kid um in my childhood, yeah, Mike, no. Mike, now Mike Smith, which is not doxing him because that is a name that probably half the world has. So good luck, good <laughs> luck finding Mike Smith, everyone. Good luck getting Mike Smith down. <laughs> but yeah, I was uh good friends with him for most of my childhood, and in eighth grade he had a big uh birthday party, and so I mean he just said, just come to my house, so went to his house which i loved always going to his house because he had a trampoline in his backyard and a nice in-ground pool and a tetherball thing set up and a really good swing set like his backyard i feel like i didn't know it at the time but thinking back on it he must have had some money somehow because it was really nice and then and also another clue that he must have had money is that we are we are just like sitting in the uh in the backyard just having a good time and all of a sudden a limo pulls up to the front of the house and the parents come out and they're like oh by the way this isn't the party the real party is you know whatever it's a surprise get in the limo so we all get in a limo and the limo has like these dvds and i don't remember if they were like dvds just from his house or just they they were just like in the limo but there was i remember one thing we watched was it was like best of adam sandler on saturday night live i remember watching that as we took a limo to a pizza place and had dinner and then we took the limo again to some miniature golf place and i remember on the way to the mini golf place, we watched. We had Jackass in the screen in there, and we were watching Jackass in the limo. And then also on the way home, and the limo dropped every person off individually too, which was I thought was a nice touch. So that is my story of watching. So were you uh, the Jenny to his Blair? Um, <laughs> I don't think so. I never tried to overtake him <laughs> at, at at any point. I was just happy to be along for the ride. So yeah, the first time I watched Jackass was in a, in a limo, and then I became uh very very much a big fan and watched pretty much everything else. Wow. Uh, I mean, just the limo and like a, I also had like a friend who like let, like we had a limo once, but like that was for her 16th birthday. Like limo is so like luxurious. Yeah. We were in eighth grade. So it must've been his, I think 13th birthday. Cause he had a late birthday. So yeah. Very, uh, very fun. Very fun day. Yeah. I love it. I love that story. I did find a list that, that had Max Keeble at number two for most iconic food fight that I sent in the chat. Uh, but okay. the what, is also on that list. So. All right, I've had enough of Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Great, yeah, great, I'm, great children's book. But... Everybody well, so Maddie, before that. we do move on, is, is Cloud Food vegan? Is oh, Cloud yeah, Food question. vegan? Um, Jeez. Like, you know what we're re- referencing, or do you need us to like, explain a little further? 
Um, maybe because I, I've never seen the movie Clarity right. of Chance Meeples. I did read the book as a, as a kid, but I, uh... right. But, but it, so it takes, it's a different sort of narrative from the book. In okay. Clarity of the Chance of Meatballs, the Bill Hader character invents a machine that takes like rain and clouds and turns it into food, like changes the oh, that's molecular vegan. structure. That's vegan. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I said, and Naomi was like, "Yeah, this this chicken would give Maddie G nightmares," and I was like, "No, no, well, no that's vegan." It, it does seem like a vegan nightmare because there's like a huge like uh, castle made of Jello, right, and stuff like that. That's but true. when you think that's about true. it a little yeah, bit more, but... you realize that actually this food is not made from like real gelatin, but it's made from milk. Exactly. They didn't kill any animals. Right. They didn't kill any animals to make it. They didn't. Um, I don't know how that would that process would work with uh, messing with the environment at all. So maybe that's something we have to look into. But uh, mm. I. I I'll I'll give people to go ahead to eat cloud food at this at this point. All right, we we're waiting on pins and needles for a vegan's take. Until some studies come out that it's fucking with the environment, then uh, we might have to re-examine. But for now, I mm-hmm. think it's okay. I mean, it was fucking with the environment. <laughs> <laughs> like we we don't have to rehash the movie. Check out the great podcast we did with Navi last month or two months ago. Uh, so uh, yeah, so then. There's a giant food fight, uh, and Matt Skeeble starts it. And then I love how he, like, stands up, and the stupid kid believes him. Like, he just points at a random kid who's not even looking anywhere. <laughs> like, this kid yeah, is dumb, good. the chess kid. Um, but a food fight starts, and... And you know Ginger... what? What a loser. What a loser bringing a chess set into the cafeteria. I would have thrown food at him, too. <laughs> perfect, perfect victim. What a what a dweeb. Suck it, loser. He's really just going to brag everyone. You play chess? I mean, I, I think if you're, if you're bringing a chess set to cafeteria you're just trying to tell people that you're you're a smart kid and i think everyone should throw food at you yeah um so yeah so uh max hebel point and then this giant food fight you mentioned the tuba or the bassoon uh like the with the mustard and then jim drake walks in he's giving a tour to uh superintendent crazy legs crazy legs Crazy uh, legs. Ooh, crazy legs may be the like the only normal character in the whole. Yeah, the he whole was movie. like, "What the fuck is wrong?" He's, with your he's the only person that's like, "What the fuck is going on?" Here? And I love him because he he has no running. ego at all. Even though Jin Drake like expects him to have like the biggest ego in the world, and that's how he's right. gonna win him you over. You play high like, school football like Big Whoop. Yeah. But this guy actually like does want to the school to succeed. Like he's ordering like Scholastic whatever he was talking about. He's like, "What is going on here? Where did where'd you put?" <laughs> I love the line where, where my he, computers go. I love the line where he asks how he's going to afford the stadium. He's like, "Oh, we'll cut back on some non-essentials like fire extinguishers and milk." <laughs> and he's like, "What?" And he's like, "Moving on." Oh. That was really good. All right, guys, I just got to point something out because I went to I went to IMDb because I want to talk about something in a second. But I'm looking at the storyline section, <clears throat> and this is the horrible thing. Uh, with uh, okay, go on. I, this go is on. a long sentence. Initially, Max just hates giving up his high school friends, which is not true. He's in middle school. A fatso, a music maniac. When their former friend, Troy McGinty, picks on them with his new image as a bully, realizes leaving means he can't be punished after Friday and plans, quote, an orgy of revenge. Whoever wrote this on IMDb needs to be arrested. KGF Vissers, you need to go to jail. Bach, um, go to horny jail. Is this no, a user review horny, here? What is jail. Or is this like the IMDb synopsis? I don't know. It's like a weird part. I think it's a synopsis. Anyways, I just want to highlight something we haven't talked about yet, but something I hate. And we will get to it in in hour four of the podcast. (laughs) Another iconic, like, character actor who's in this movie is Amy Hill, who plays Mrs. Rangoon. Mrs. Rangoon is such a wildly racist fucking name. It's insane. Like, it is, you could have gone with any other name, but you chose to just, like, be a, a 
Chinese food dish. It's just and like, they're feels also so... like they, they're also like I feel like they are so proud of the name because they say it any chance they can get. They say Mr. Rangoon like fifty times in the movie. And I think it's supposed to be funny for kids, but just like it's yeah. like fucking racism. That's oh, she was in Spider Man Homecoming. Sorry, she's in everything. She Amy Hill's an iconic. She's in the actress. Cat in the Hat and Keeper by the Dozen. Shout out Lagori. <laughs> she's she's incredible, and like that thing is like she okay. Literally in her bio says Amy Hill's television and film credits number over eight one hundred eighty. Like she <gasps> is crazy we're this bitch is booked and blessed and like i i just feel like the disrespect for that he was in glee i believe she was the nurse who oh uh maybe sue pushed down the stairs potentially I thought will's no. ex-wife was the nurse no in that episode like she's oh no uh i need to find out she's she's in the episode with uh the the pseudofed mm-hmm. i'll take your word for it i haven't seen glee season one in a while well, I'm just looking at her Wikipedia, so I don't know who she is exactly. It says Dr. Chin, and I can't, I don't know her by name. All right, well, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to derail so hard, but I just feel like it needed to be well, said. Well, yeah, despite her name, I do love the character. Yeah, she's a queen. Um, and she she is the only one that has the knowledge that uh, Max is moving. Although yeah, she was she, a little late, because by the time she says it, Max is no longer moving. She'd be an iconic, like, juror on Survivor to vote for Max Keeble. Oh, wow, okay, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um. So we get we get uh, the food fight, and then we also see Max. His last day has left technically, but his parents tell him, "Yeah, no, we're no longer leaving." Um, oh wait, sorry, I skipped ahead of the 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 diner scene where Jenna is like, "Hey, Max, do you want a milkshake with us?" <laughs> and um, he's like, "I have plans," and she's like, "Just one," and then he's there the whole night. Little yeah, Romeo's a little Max people song. To his credit, he try- He says no at first. She is kind of insistent. Um, and I-, I gotta say, you know you've made it when you're, like, hanging out with little Romeo and he's using your made-up words. He's saying fatitude. And, you know, it- it's just a shame that it has to come at the expense of uh, poor Robe and Megan, who get ditched at the party that they are throwing for Max, wearing their silly cowboy hats or whatever they're wearing. Yeah, so little Romeo sings a song called Big Move. Um, Not really. And they're dancing, and then... Uh, did you guys Max... watch the Romeo show? That was another great. That was on Nickelodeon. Yeah, that was on Nickelodeon. Yeah, that was that was a honestly that I do have a lot of memories of that show, and like I feel like it was good. In in there's been a lot of I feel like famous kid and famous parent shows, you mm-hmm. know, and like that mm-hmm. was one of the top tier ones. Sure, I agree. I haven't watched it since it was on, but I will wholeheartedly agree that it was a good show. No, there was, like, a lot of shows, like, from that 2003-2006 era on Nickelodeon that, like, are very visceral in my memory. Like, the Romeo show, uh, I think Jess Jordan was on there. And then there was the soccer, the four girls who played soccer show. Does anyone remember that? No. Four no, girls okay. who played soccer show? Four girls, soccer, Nickelodeon. I will remember this. No. Is it just for kicks? I think you made this up. No, just for kicks. Okay, I guess I don't. I don't know. I don't think I watched that one. I think that might developed have been by Whoopi. Time. Oh no, maybe we shouldn't talk about the show. Just anymore. for kids. I kind of remember the show. We we can talk about Whoopi Goldberg. It's not like she's like. No, no. Edit this out. Edit this out. Oh, is that is that Jessica? Wait. Anyways, um, what I wanted what I wanted to say uh, about this like Max Keeble like sort of dishing his friends for. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, is that like 
Max Cube is a little punk bitch in this one, especially considering that the blonde chick says she never liked him. She says well, he doesn't, like, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know that yet. I know, but like Max, Max, like put, he has like, a crush. I mean, he, he has a crush. She is five, five feet taller than okay. him, and you know, twice so his age. But... Little Romeo is also in sixth grade. I have to assume, right? So how did he get the invite to this? Is it just because he's Little Romeo? He's Little Romeo. Come on, <laughs> Romeo gets an invite. Jenna was like, "You're the only sixth grader I allow." Okay, so yeah, he's well, he's actually Lil Romeo in this universe, which therefore brings in the idea that anybody who's in Lil Romeo is a real character in this universe. Yeah, that's right. Okay. But anyway, so um yeah, obviously Max Keeble is a punk. I understand the uh you know, th- this could be a big break for Max, like getting in with the popular kids here, but the fact that it is uh, to his knowledge, his 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 last day before he moves, and he's not spending it with his friends. Like that yeah. is very shitty and like, uh, unforgivable. And it's they are completely right to be. Uh, but he doesn't even like. I guess he couldn't shoot them a text because he is uh, twelve, and also cell phones are, uh, I guess, not what they are today. So maybe that would. But I mean, he could have given that a heads up somehow that he's like at the diner and can't make this party. It's pretty shitty to just completely ditch them. I did relate to the fact that, like, he said he'll go for one thing, but he's having a lot of fun, so he doesn't want to leave, but he knows he has oh, yeah. to leave. Oh, like, yeah. That's, that's very relatable. That's, that's completely relatable, but, um, but yeah. he should see his friends on his last day before he moves a thousand Agreed. miles away. And then Robe is, like, pissed, and that's, like, the last time they'll ever see each other, to his knowledge. And then he gets home, and then the fisheye lens that Maddie G brought up, like, two hours ago. We're not um, moving? We're not moving. And nope, they're not moving. And his dad was like, yeah, I stuck it to the man. I quit. And, right. uh... He's dressed as cheese in this moment too. So Yeah, that's right. He's the big cheese. Yep. So the the symbolism was beaten over the head. Yeah. <sighs> Sam was also we talked about this when uh Sam was on The Lonely Boys last week, which has not been released yet, but he said that this scene is also ingrained in his memory where he says we're not moving. So I think it's uh something that everyone can relate to. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh so and then he goes the next day and he's just like peeping around because he doesn't want to actually show up because he's gonna get beat up. He sees Rogue getting punched in the face by uh troy uh and then he we see megan get threatened by dodds uh oh yeah we forgot the the crane scene at the junk love it love it oh that is so iconic the ice cream spilling everywhere like again another great he, set piece that is set up like again this movie just like keeps like he's able to I, lift an ice cream truck with a with a crane masterful what what I like bitch about like kids movies, it's because like kids movies can be like Max Keeble where there's so much to it, there's so many moments, but you always remember them and they come back and they impact the story in a future scene. And like that is why this movie is so great. And I feel like you can be better than just like, you know, basic like a lame sort of plot going forward. Completely yeah. agree. Except for James and the Giant Peach. That movie can kick rocks. <laughs> well, look, <laughs> Roald Dahl can kick rocks too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't care that his movie was bad eventually. You said that shit. Um, I've been thinking a lot about that fuck Sarah Beth and I said that shit line. It just lives around for me in my head. That's an iconic line. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you have to say, and I said that shit. I also, like, I just want to talk about in this movie um, the the fact that Max Keeble can just run around his school uh He's gonna get marked as absent. Like I don't know why he goes. He well, no, it's the day he was supposed to move. He's gonna no, I know, marked. but he should just ditch. Like, cause he goes to school, but he doesn't go to any of his classes. Where feasibly he's he supposed should be to be on the move right friend. now. No, I no, Flip, I know that, but he doesn't move, right? So like, then he's in school. He, why does he have to be there? Just ditch. Like, don't. Like, I don't know why he's showing up to school 
and they don't think he's supposed to be uh, there. But like, then if he is supposed to be there, then his parents would know he has an unexcused absence. So like, just fucking ditch. Like, don't well, go to so school. So the system thinks he's moved though, so he doesn't even have unexcused absence because Miss Rangoon. No, I told. I yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Like, he should just not be there. Go to the Seven yeah. Eleven down the street. Or well, he wanted. Back. Yeah, he wanted to. Uh, he wanted to watch. See at this the... point, yeah. At this point, he needs to save his friends now that he's there. Yeah. So that's why. That's why he's. That's his one mission for the day now. Yeah. Um, and... Just he. He stands by. Until but then, then Mr. Gindrake, he goes and does another announcement. And when they ha- broke into the school, uh, they put a Max Keeble poster with him doing a bunny really ears. good prank. A really good and prank. And then, what was what was on the line? I'm wearing a thong. Oh yeah, I was like, that's a, a really good movie. Good. Like, damn. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they got away with that. But a really, a really good prank. They also yeah. say like this blows, and like I, I was shocked that like that was in this movie. Listen, Just because it was like, rated I feel PG. Like... It was. It wasn't rated G. It was rated PG. They can get a little edgy here. PG. But also yeah. like, because like kids. I feel like Disney Channel was more of the sort of like Puritan side of kids mm-hmm. TV. Like Nickelodeon is a little grosser, a little weirder. Like I was shocked yeah. that they said blows in this movie. That's why this like... has Nickelodeon movie energy, even though it exactly. is a Disney movie. Yeah, even like uh, I was surprised they like talked about like the different sexes. I feel like that was like risque for Disney Channel back in the day, like talking about like sex as like when she was talking about the pheromones. Mm. Um, That's where yeah. I got all my health education by watching Max Cable. Oh, in health class we watched Degrassi. Oh, that's awesome! You just watch what you watched. No, Degrassi a couple episodes. We watched um, uh, uh, eating specific episode uh, with Julie. Oh. I think in political theory we watched Big Bang Theory and that '70s show. Didn't that's in relate, college though, right? No, no, that was in high school. Didn't really relate to political theory, but my political theory teacher hated teaching, so we usually just watched movies and TV shows. I mean, I'm I trying watched, to think I of like New Girl in a class, but that was a college class. <laughs> I, I New, it sounds like a good class. Well, it was writing the sitcom episode, so we watched New Girl, Big Bang Theory, a couple different episodes of it. See, my teacher did that once. But we just watched a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode, which I feel like is ironic considering that Curb Your Enthusiasm is not written most of the time. It's yeah. just right. It's no, isn't it like fully improvised? Like they have like yeah. an outline and then just improvise it. <laughs> Uh, maybe my maybe my teacher also hated teaching. Who knows? <laughs> maybe your teacher was just a big fan of the Curbier Enthusiasm Rewatch podcast with Akiva, or not Probably. Akiva, Chester, and um. You really uh, got Akiva on the brain today. You're giving him credit now for things he doesn't even host. I mean, I I, mean, I like fully that you bring you bring that up, but not the fact that I was literally on the post show recaps Curbier Enthusiasm coverage. <laughs> I mean, I, I was getting there, and then Naomi, you're right yeah. here. You can plug yourself. Akiva's not yeah. here to be plugged. We have to plug him every. every I mean, if Jacob is listening, he wants as much Akiva mentions as possible. And Akiva's probably listening to this. No, oh, please. Akiva's too busy laying down. I honestly, this is a fun game. Is who is who is less likely to listen to this? And I think Jacob or Akiva, you could really hedge your bets here and pick one and, and potentially be right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um I know I. Okay, we got to get back to this movie because we're so close to the end. <laughs> we're almost but, there. So Jindrake, Jindrake uh, realizes what's happening and then Max Gable's like, I can't leave. I have to stick up for my friends. So he's like, I don't remember the sequence of events, but he goes outside and uh, he goes to confront Jindrake and then Jindrake is exposed for the capitalism and he like cut everything in the budget like and put ninety seven percent of the budget into this stupid stadium. Okay. And, conven- and had a nice camera. convenient pie chart to demonstrate. Nice, yeah. <laughs> Again, proving that I don't think that Megan can read because she just has to look at a pie chart to know what the budget breakdown is. It doesn't need to. You know. 
<laughs> I love this runner that Megan can't read. It makes sense based on it's, everything it's we like, know. It's uh, like uh, the, the DW uh, meme. Yeah, yes. I also love that uh, Megan and Rope are very quick to uh, forgive Max because he gets on the TV and apologizes and two seconds into the apology, they're like smiling and like, it's hard to stay mad, Her name mad is at Megan Max. Megan Roper? I said Megan and Rope, you know, like oh, the two, Megan the two and friends. Rope. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I don't know who Megan Roper is. I'm sure she's great. But yeah, it's it's hard to stay mad at Max Giebel. Like he apologizes and two seconds later, they're like fully back on his side. Yeah, no. Uh, they, they're very, they're very simpy. Like he, he fucked them over and then they just go right back. But he did apologize, I guess. He did. Uh, so uh, then he's like, yeah. Troy McGinty and Dodds, we're going to go meet you outside at 3 o'clock. And then uh, his friends back him up. Also, shout out to the janitor who, like, tells him. They had a nice heart-to-heart. Yeah. Anthony, the, Anthony the janitor. And then he Bro, locks. They, uh, he locks him in the, the fucking the... closet, though. We haven't even touched on that. Like, he locks. Mac, the principal locks Max people in a closet. This Have you all seen Sex deranged. Education? What? No. no, Sex Sex Education, the show. It had sex education season three vibes. Um, yeah. Everybody tweet at Felipe if you agree with that sentiment. AJ knows what I'm talking about, but AJ is definitely not listening to this. And podcast. I will take your word for it that it has sex education season three vibes. But yeah, that that does happen. <laughs> That's like, you need to call Child Protective Services on that principal at that point. Um, exactly. But yeah, so he, but then well, the, the principal, Jindrick, the- Jindrick has lost it at this point, like completely. He is yeah he's and deranged I love, the, I love the fact that the janitor like heard that like the janitor doesn't get overtime because he likes oh. to come to work it's his blessing and then he's, he's making like, some good you. points textbooks are for nerds band is for That's losers the janitor should pay me for the privilege like i mean <laughs> great stuff he's in full supervillain mode where he's like monologuing without knowing that he's being recorded yeah because max keeble just hits the record button um he didn't realize to turn it off at that one point and then max keeble just like outsmarts <laughs> yeah. him um and then so yeah max keeble goes gets and then rove starts waving the flag because uh megan plays the first beats of uh the first measure of we're not going to take it and then the whole marching band comes in we're not gonna take an it. emotional scene i got goosebumps it does call it this does really call for a, a flag wave here using a robe as a flag and I, I don't know it's very funny robes dancing in the front and all the students are playing instruments and all the, the high losers, kicks had yeah, me all, yeah yeah so good all Josh the losers is an he, incredible comedic actor like he, he always has been and all of the losers and the outcasts are coming together. I don't know how Naomi wasn't getting goosebumps at this point, to be honest. Even though even those 40-year-old football players are supporting them. <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk about that. <laughs> the 40-year-old exchange football players. And from, Naomi, from I'm sure Russia. you had thoughts. Uh, yeah, I was mostly like, I thought it These was men real, are fully 40 years old. That had a <laughs> great bit. <laughs> the, so, like, a great one-note bit, right? You're like, oh, that's funny. They're from Eastern Europe, and they're, like, clearly 40. And then he speaks perfect English. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> they got me. I thought his bit was over. They got me again. So good. Yeah. Um, and then they grab them. And then Max is like, wait, we're not going to bully them because then we become the bullies. And they're, the football guys are like, eh, and just throw them in the dumpster. Well, he said they ask him, what should we do? And, and he says, well, we should just let them go. And then they literally let them go and they fall into the dumpster. So. Yeah. It's good. We we get the best of both worlds here. We get Max uh, monologue about, 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 about yep, well, exactly. She makes a cameo, much like in High School Musical Bob mentality wins. You know. Yep. Yeah, I mean Naomi is a big fan of uh, The Sopranos, so 
Sure. Not the same mob mentality I'm talking about. I'm talking about the idea (laughs) of a swarm of people attacking three, two children, basically. Um, But no, I'm not talking about Tony Soprano bubblegum mentality. No. Yeah. Um, Then, uh, yeah, so Jin Drake tries to take his bulldozer to the animal shelter, and then he pheromones, and then Matt's keyboard kicks the newspaper and chucks it, <laughs> breaks the lock, and all Noah's Ark and the cavalry well, yeah. of animals just come out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, they, they said, we've got a few minutes left in this movie. Let's just really get crazy now because, yeah, Gingerick is coming in on the crane. Max, Max, like, first he hops on a bunch of cars and then, like, fully, like, finds some kind of trampoline or something to fully flip himself into the air onto an ostrich as he rides the ostrich to confront Gingerick. It's for, yeah. for their final standoff. Like, it, it is, uh, it yeah, is... he did a couple of backflips in this movie, and as a kid, I was like, oh my god, Alex C. Lins and... can do backflips, and then looking at it, I was like, oh, this is fully an adult stuff double. <laughs> yeah, they almost fooled you. Couldn't get it. Couldn't get this one by you, though, Felipe. I, I, when he was able to open the gate by throwing a paper at it, I, I laughed out loud. Like, th- this I movie was it. at its best when it got, like, ridiculous like this. The camp, the high camp. And Gingerick tries to use his iconic catchphrase of cease against the animals, but it does not work. They will not cease. Yeah, they stampede <laughs> over his ass, and I'm like, yes, you go, gorilla. I wonder if the gorilla had a name. What a what strange animal shelter. We have not even touched upon this. What a strange animal shelter. There were, like, monkeys and goats, yeah. and, like, you gotta think, like, I don't think that these are all going in the same place, you know? Like, I, how does this, where did the monkey come from? Shouldn't it be sent to a zoo? A zoo. Like, I, I don't understand yeah, I don't really know the logistics of this animal shelter at all. It doesn't really make sense, but oh well. It was a plot device. Um, yeah, and then that's basically the end of the episode. Not the episode, the movie, right? It is, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Ginger gets fired. The animal shelter gets saved. Um, I'm assuming they had to, like, wrangle up all these animals again after they all, like, chase after Ginger. I'm kind of concerned about that. Yeah. But Yeah. And then uh, mean, Mac holds uh, I... Megan's hand. Yes, Aww. I can't believe so much happened in in one week in one school week. Yeah, and uh, here's something else I think. Like in general, we finished the movie, but I think that there's a lot about like this idea that you know, oh, if you just if you just bully your bullies, it doesn't work, and you know, like. But then also, it kind of does. So the message is not totally clear. That's what I yeah. I don't know what the message is because we do. Like I said, it's like it's like. <laughs> two sides here because max does have that moment of clarity where he's like we can't just be like them we're stooping their level we can't bully the bullies we have to let them go but then he says that and then they still like fall into the dumpster and everyone's happy so it's like we uh max does realize this but then also just for the fun of it they do throw them into the dumpster and we get to cheer for that also yeah so i'm not sure what the ultimate message is but uh i don't care because it was fun yeah great time I think the ultimate message of this movie is to obviously it's to treat every day like it's your last day of school because that's when uh, Max Cable really starts to thrive here. Indeed, he does. Uh, before we get into questions, I know Naomi had a very important topic to discuss: Movie Pass. Oh yeah, uh, Maddie G, Maddie G, and I, big Movie Pass folks. Um, movie Pass, the, be- the best back- six months of my life when Movie yeah. Pass was. At movie the Pass peak. is apparently going to come back in like the style of that Black Mirror episode, which is like terrifying. Um, but also I appreciate you texted me about it, Felipe, like a full 24 hours after it had hit the news cycle because everybody was talking about it on Twitter and you're not on Twitter anymore. And so I was like, oh yeah, I've heard about this, but I mean, movie pass might be back. It is an insane, insane, like scam of an idea, but I 
whole movie pass very deep in my heart. I never got rid of my card, as as we have photo evidence of. Yeah, I'm mad yeah. I never got. Just in the I'll hopes that it will come back someday. Um. So let's get into some questions. Uh. Well, first things first. Ligori says the third best movie of all time, not counting deep. After Bond. the cheaper by the dozens, of course. Yes. I uh, love cheaper by the dozen. Is the thing that movie is so good. Okay, uh, we have to get into this conspiracy theory uh, from Shut Up Tim that Matt Gagan was very confused uh, with the timeline. So Max said his summer was going to be awesome, uh, but the events of this movie supposedly take place September 3rd to 7th, 2001. Yeah, but then he realized that that is not what Max says. He doesn't say the summer is going to be awesome. He said, I'm just glad uh, that the first week of school was over so that we could relax for the rest of the year. So yeah. in the follow-up t- tweet, uh, Shut Up Tim did realize his error, and this does all just take place in the first week of school. There is a full version of the Magoogle song, according to Shut Up Tim, which excites me. Uh, Kyle Picard just says, I love that, this movie. Um, Correct. Kyle, great, great question. Great, great question. Great question. And then uh, Eli Leggett asked, is the Magoogle theme song buried in your mind all these years later? And Naomi, do you have a response? I, I mean... Maddie just answered it like, like yeah. of course, like especially because they love to use that intro so much. Like the Magoogles me name, like it just really hits, and it's so there in your brain. Yeah. Um, Naomi said yes deeply. <laughs> yes, yes, and I said that shit. Well, because who doesn't yeah. love a swampy bog? <laughs> I forgot about the swampy bog. Uh, and then the great Matt Scott, uh, host of the Pod Friends podcast, asks. Blast from the past. Where is Max Keeble, who I would have sworn was Max Keebler like the elves now? Where do we think well, he is? God, okay. Well, if this movie took place, you know. Uh, Potentially God. in horny jail. because Pretty, was- Over 14 years ago at this point, and he was a little sixth grader. So um, he would be in 20th grade now, 14 plus six. So that, well out of college, I guess. So that is, uh, well, I don't know what, I don't <laughs> I don't know. Max Keeble's a working adult now. Yeah. You know? What do you think he does? Do you think he's a principal? Oh, it's not for this is movie was twenty how what year is it right now? It's twenty twenty two. So this movie was like over twenty years old now. So he's definitely uh I don't know. I don't I don't know. We we didn't really get enough of uh what Max Keeble's aspirations in life were. So I, I don't oh. know what he Oh he's definitely I think that. Max Keeble I think Max Keeble like got out of college or got out of high school and decided to go to the Peace Corps or something fucked around for a few years and either he got a job at the advertising agency that his dad started because of nepotism or he and I'm pro an animal shelter and like just you know helps animals and like doesn't actually make any money in his life you know he's just a free spirit you can't keep him down yeah i think when we get the uh max keeble reboot which is hopefully in development uh we should see that max keeble is uh some kind of you know runs an animal shelter of his own um the ice cream man is probably still after him, even though, uh, you know, they're both adults now. I think, I think there's still some good stuff here. Cause at the end of this movie, the ice cream man's still chasing him. So, uh, you know, still, still some stuff to cover there. Indeed. Indeed. Yes. Um, so Naomi, is it time for us to get into our MVPs and drop kicks and our scores? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Maddie G as our guest, you have the freedom to, go off and pick the MVP of the movie first. So who was the MVP of this movie, Matt? Um, I mean, is it too obvious to just pick, pick Max Keeble? I mean, he's the title character. He's why we all saw the movie. He's, as we discussed, 
one of the coolest kids to ever grace the big screen. He is, uh, he's also, you know, a kind hearted person throughout most of the movie. He does, you know, ditch his friends at one point, but he comes back around by the end. He, he also, you know, gets the girl at the end. He, he has this ninth grade girl wanting to hang out with him as well. Lil Romeo seems to love him. He's neighbors with Tony Hawk, at least in his dream. I mean, <laughs> He's smart. He's resourceful. He can do whatever he wants. He's just an iconic character. Everyone wanted to be him or be friends with him when we saw this movie as kids. So I, I'm. it's hard to go anywhere else besides Max Keeble, even though it's such an obvious answer. So I'm going to go Max Keeble. Naomi, yourself? I actually think the uh, MVP here is Megan because Megan keeps Max Keeble grounded. You know, mm-hmm, she's there mm-hmm. to help him out with his evil plans. She almost suffers because of it, has to pay a lot of money to, to Dobb. But in the end, like everything comes around, she's she's a good friend. She stands by him, and she stands by Robe even when Robe is getting beat up too. So I actually think Megan is the MVP of this movie. Shouts to Megan as well. But yeah, boys, basic. I'm also gonna go from Matt Skeble here. Matt Skeble is just like an icon, and like I wanted to be him when I was in sixth grade. I was definitely not cool enough or uh, confident enough to pull it off, but. Uh, yeah, so Matt Skeble gets my award. Uh, and then in terms of my dropkick award. Uh, yo, I think I'm going to give it to Principal Jindrick. He just sucks. Uh, he needs to be dropped. I know he got fired, but he also needs to go to jail um, if he didn't. So Principal Jindrick gets my dropkick award. What about you, Meiji? Um, I'm still thinking about it. Naomi, you go, and, I, and we'll, we'll come okay. back to me. I think the dropkick award goes to... Um, now, look, all the villains in this movie are very villainous, of course, but I, I wasn't, like, I enjoyed watching them. The Dropkick Award goes to that kid who, in the beginning, we see holding on to the minivan going, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, because he pops <laughs> up a couple times in this movie, like, when there's that big angry mob. Bro, was, he the, was he the one with the tiny bladder? That Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That yeah. kid, that kid, look, respectfully, kid, go be homeschooled or something. Like, stop hanging around here. We don't need What you. are we naming this kid? For the notes. Um, I think he's just called like nervous kid in the credits or something like that, which makes me laugh, but I can't remember. Worried kid. I don't know. Worry ward. Okay. Love worry ward. Okay. <laughs> what about you, Maddie G? All right. So I'm gonna I mean, if I can drop kick two people, I'll drop kick both of his parents. But if it's only one, I will drop kick his dad for me. I, I famously think it should be illegal to make your kids move when they are when they are children to rip their I don't care what job you get. I don't care if you'll be poor without it. Find another job. Um Easier said than done, I'm assuming. But, you know, to, to rip your kid out of school uh, when, when you know, le- losing the few friends he does have, it's just a very cruel thing to only give him three days' notice as well. So, um, But also, like, fuck Foge, who only gives his employee three days' notice. Like, what the yeah, hell? Fuck, fuck that guy, yeah, I'll, I'll, dro- I'll dropkick him as well. Enough dropkicks to go around, but I'll just yeah. dropkick his dad. It would probably be fun to dropkick as well because he's probably in, like, a lobster suit or a cheese suit. So that would be kind of fun. So I'll dropkick him. Yeah. And Maddie, as the guest, you also get a bonus background character if you want to give a point to, like in terms of like a background character or someone who's not in the main cast. If you want to like shut them out, like if I, if I could give an additional MVP, I would have given it to McGoogles. <laughs> <laughs> McGoogles is great. Um, God, I don't know. I can't think of anything right now, but I, I'll Miss think Rangoon? about it. I'll think about it. I mean, she is iconic. Let me let me think about it while we're about still it, yes. while we're still live on air here, and I'll get back to you by the end of the podcast. Yeah, so otherwise, uh, we should start moving into scores. Naomi, how would you score this movie? Zero to five on Letterboxd. 
So yeah. I gave it four stars on Letterboxd. Um, and I honestly, I took up one star straight up for the name Mrs. Rangoon. That shit's racist, man. And like the fact that they use it a lot and also the horny teachers. I feel like it's a half it's half a star for the horny teachers, which I don't like, and half a star for the Miss Rangoon name, which they, they keep using as a joke. So a 4.0 though? 4.0, 4.0. Perfect, yes. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think I'll give it a four as well. Uh, I think... Oh, I gave Cloudy with a cheap chance of meatballs only a 3.5. That feels low based on. Okay. Now that yeah, feels I... correct. Who cares about that movie? Ooh, I think, I think I'll give this one a. I feel like it's on the same level. I think Cloudy with a chance of meatball was like a better script and a better story, if that makes sense. But this was more fun. I think, like, story wise, like, I think, like, I think Lauren and Miller don't miss on their stories. Like, I think, like, the arcs and the. Like, lest we forget, that movie, like, set things up really well that, like, paid off. Um, so I don't know. I, I I'm tempted. I will give this a three point seven five because I'm indecisive. Maddie, what about you? A perfect five? All right. So first of all, we're gonna we're gonna give Little Romeo the uh, the background player okay. MVP here because just the fact that he is going to school with Little Romeo is iconic in itself, and he also just seems like a really cool guy who everyone already loves. Obviously, he's Little Romeo. So is Little definitely Romeo go- on the Masked Singer ever. I feel like he's uh, someone who like could be on Celebrity Big Brother or Masked Singer, one of those shows. I don't know what he's doing though, because I don't think he really does anything anymore. Wasn't he hosting um one of he those? He hosted shows? Uh, X on the Beach. Is or it, Are you the I one? Was gonna, or it's, yeah, I was gonna say oh. either Are you the one or X on the Beach? I can't remember. I think oh, Percy God. Romeo Miller. Let's look it up. He either hosts Are You the One or X on the Beach. I cannot remember which one, but it is one of them. I don't know why we can't tell those two shows apart because they are different. But um. So while you're while you're doing some investigative reporting on that, uh, yeah, this movie is you know still still pretty fucking great. So it, it's like obviously it's not the best movie of all time, and didn't make me laugh as much as I did with a kid. But there's still definitely still like laugh out loud moments throughout, and it is legitimately good, and it's especially good for a kids movie. So I mean there there is a reason we were all obsessed with this movie. The plot is very fun, and as Naomi, uh, you know, beautifully described, very well written. Um, it's easy to follow. The characters are great and recognizable. Soundtrack incredible max keeble obviously one of the coolest kids to ever be in a movie and like i said i would i would gladly watch this movie um in the near future even tomorrow tell me we had to watch the movie again for whatever reason tomorrow i would gladly do it so boy either a perfect score or just below a perfect score is what i'm what i'm wrestling with but you know what what the hell i'll just give it a perfect score what is that five stars yeah five stars so i support that that. i support it I have to do the math later, but uh, this movie this not... movie flew by. It was it was great. The yeah. first half hour was a little slow. I will say that, and maybe that was because I was like, oh, I could be watching the Instagram live instead. But I had yeah, I did not have that same uh, problem. I was I never did at any point did I want to watch anything that was going on Instagram live. Not to throw shade with to everyone everyone involved with that, but <laughs> Max Keeble was enough for me. Uh, I will. I will. Uh... Wait, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'll just edit this document later. So the the score is 3.75 plus 4 plus 5. 12.75 is the total score out of 15. So whatever, do your math. 4.25 is the average. I need to start putting it in the table itself, like averaging it, like the, the Excel functions, which I have not gotten around to. And you know, Felipe, it, it's that that makes me never want to come on this podcast again. X on the beach is ho- X, on, 
X on the Beach is hosted by Romeo Miller, by the way. So I'm going to cry, it, Naomi. It is X on the Beach. I'm literally joking. Fuck Excel. Uh, Maddie, thank you for that. I'm research. kidding. Very important. Yeah, I thought, I thought Felipe was handling it, but I, I took over. I said uh, that. When did you say that? Oh, no. Then I got distracted on the Master P Wikipedia page. That's why. Yeah, so what, <laughs> so, so you didn't say that. All right. We're we're all this is not this Wait, is not His first single on his fifth album is called Ice Cream Man. Mr. Ice Cream Man, Master P. So maybe maybe the little Romeo could have asked him for like a, a part of the track for this movie. Maybe. Anyways. Uh, should we wind this down or should we just like keep recording for another hour? And just Naomi talk? has already checked out, so we better. I'm not better. checked Maddie, out. I'm like, I just, I, you know what happens is sometimes on podcasts, I talk too much and then I'm like, damn, I really talk too much. So I have to like hold myself back. Like, no, talk more because I feel like I'm talking too much and making a fool of myself. No, no, no. You're not making a fool of yourself. Sometimes I just interrupt people too much. So I want to enjoy what oh, you guys Oh, I love it. Uh, Maddie G, what's coming up for you on the podcast streets or the internet streets? That's a really good question. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at MaddieFresh24. Plenty of a good great, content there. A great ball. Probably like a top five follow, if not wow, top one. Thank you one. so much. Wow, oh, my God. Thank you so much. See, I have references. People are. People will tell you that I'm a great follow, and I have to agree. It's between I think. you and Scally, I think, for the top spot. What a rivalry. What a rivalry. I would say I'm better. Also, I do have a podcast of my own called The Lonely Boys, where me and great my podcast. friend, yes, me and my friend Brendan Ruppel are recapping every single episode of gossip girl he is a newcomer to the series so i'm leading him through the experience naomi calhoun has been on an episode so you can check that out and she will be also be on an upcoming episode very soon and felipe as soon as he's ready to pick out an episode he will come on as well but i will be there yeah so we are currently in season... five episode takes of the show or no like at this moment yeah, spew it right now get some boco okay uh we love jenny at this moment in time fuck Chuck. i love jenny Fuck Chuck. I know you said that, like, multiple people have said he becomes a better character and people love him, but fuck Chuck. Uh, I don't know how there's any room to grow after the first episode, but somehow apparently there is. Uh, first Serena, episode isn't canon. You just have to accept it. Yeah. Serena, I like. I feel like people hate her later, but I don't know why. She's, like, fine. She's just bland-ish. She's just, like, she, like I don't know. It's Blake Lively being Blake Lively. Uh, I know you love Dan. He's, like, kind of fine for now nothing he, he is fine that's right oh yeah i when i was high watching the first episode i was like does this guy look a little like Ligori? and then i watched the second episode no not really no no he doesn't at all you told me that take and i said you're wrong <laughs> yeah um what else i don't really uh oh lily's the most interesting character lily wow. and blair lily and blair okay i love both well, those characters. Jenny, jenny's my favorite if that makes lily sense. is mrs vander woodson oh okay aka yeah. serena's and mom i i support you in your stand of short king eric yes eric is like okay eric. great also i can't i don't care fucking care about chase crawford or chuck in the series like they need to make it more interesting they're both boring and can go yeah that i mean chuck definitely i mean definitely will not become boring you can say a lot of things about chuck he definitely at least there was a whole the sebastian stan episode which i was excited like sebastian stan and then it ended with actually a cliffhanger that i was interested in like his money being taken out of the trust fund and then like it was in a dress for like two episodes later and yeah. that's where yeah. the last thing i saw so i'm like what the fuck oh you'll have oh. to get back to that but yeah so check out the lonely boys and, and uh, you know, that's, that's that i hope brandon gets better at uh guessing the pop culture references yeah the All first right. few episodes of the podcast i'm like not to spoil upcoming episodes, but he is on a roll with season two. Okay. We love oh. That. Um, yeah. I also just want to say I listened to uh, Maddie Hughes' the episode on The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, and it's so funny. And I love those books. And, like, it just 
that was a, a, a like storyline plot line that like Nicole was so great. Like everything came flooding back to me. Like it all just like, I, I felt like I opened like the shining elevator and all just hit me about like the pants and shit. So mm-hmm. I love that so much. That was a great, great. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of good feedback about that episode. So I'm very happy that people liked our sisterhood of the traveling pants coverage. I assuming we'll get to the sequel as well in between seasons again. So anytime Nicole and Maddie G are on a podcast together, it's chef's kiss. Not, not that Nicole. Sorry, Felipe. Oh. Nice try. Yeah, we have multiple Nicoles on, on the Lonely Boys podcast. Oh, Nicole is that Brandon's Nicole. wife, girlfriend? Girlfriend, Yeah, Nicole is the girlfriend of the pod. Don't sound too disappointed about, about her. Wow, well, all right. Straight to, straight to other Nicole, damn. <laughs> Big time Nicole is like one of my besties. I can't be, I can't like slander her. When you, you cannot stand another woman named Nicole ever in your life. How dare never. you? Nicole's a pretty iconic. Name a bad Nicole. Ne- ne- I was just going to say, I never met a bad Nicole. Um. Nicole Snooky. Yeah, Nicole Sesternino? Uh, a queen. Nicole Kidman. Nicole Rich- she Nicole loves Richie. AMC movie theaters. Yeah. <laughs> Not the AMC movie theater, Nicole Kidman. You know what sucks? I never go to AMC movie theaters, so I've never gotten to see that. But uh, I, I hear it's all their age. And I kind of just want the legend of it to live in my mind. Are you a regal person? Never actually. I'm sorry? Are you a regal person or do you just like not go to the Re- Regal, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Regal, regal, regal head stand up. Movie Tuesday, baby. I half off movies on Tuesdays. That's why I'm going every Tuesday. And it does. Like, yeah, that's where it's at. Uh, bitch, anyway. I'm Regal Unlimited. I'm I'm fucking rolling in it. Those ten percent <laughs> off concessions. I'm having a great time. <laughs> anyway, so Maddie G is all over the interwebs and is a great follow. Naomi Calhoun, what's new with you these days? Talk to me about Podcast Malakshmi, aka <laughs> not the real title that you ended up going. Uh, we're going to do quick fire queens on silent podcast, which I'm super excited about, uh, me, Nicole and Gia talking about, and this is the actual Nicole that you were referring to this time, uh, talking about top chef. Um, I've already got some great guests queued up for that season. So it's going to be fantastic. Definitely. Um, going to shout out Davis comma will, you got to subscribe to that podcast. You and I'd also just like, oh, to, I, I have not even messaged Davis comma will to confirm that. So that's just Felipe dropping. We'll no, see if no, that I'm telling him through. he needs to subscribe to the podcast. That oh, I mean. see. Okay. All right. So um, I'm also going to interrupt Naomi's plugs just to say that you three need to uh, start podcasting about shows that I watch because you were my three of my favorite people in, in the world. And I wish I could <laughs> nice listen save, to something. Nice save. <laughs> what, what, what am I saving? No, you said three, uh, three of my, no, you said, my three favorite people. That's where I thought you were going. I was like, oh, three of my no, no, favorite no. people. Nothing, nothing to say. Nothing to save here. Everything I everything I say is valid. But yeah, I, I all three of you are amazing and I want to listen to anything you guys are putting out there, but I just don't have time to listen to coverage of shows I don't watch. So if you could uh if you could cater to me specifically, that'd be great. Yeah. Respect, respect. It's fine. And, and but I'm really excited about that season to come out. Maggie, we'll find something to talk about for you specifically. Thank you. Thank um, you. And then, uh, other than that, uh, my quote was Rob episodes are What's coming, coming up out. this week on my quote was Rob. Can you tease us? I don't, I don't know. I haven't even edited the episode okay. yet. Like, I'm Shout out to the everything. AJ Norris episode, which was. Oh God, I got two days to fucking edit this episode. Shit. Uh, okay. AJ Norris episode is really funny. Uh, and most importantly, uh, follow me on Twitter is really the big one. Um, that's, that's all there really is. You know, I'm, I'm grinding out content every day for the fans. And they need to be supporting and subscribing. Also follow a great me on follow. Letterboxd. Also, a also great I forgot to ask Maddie G. Naomi, any pop culture plugs you think people should check out besides like things Jack you're watching? Jackass Four. Jackass Four. Definitely Jack go S4 see Jackass Four. Do you have me about um, Jackass? <laughs> I've been watching the After Party. That's been really fun. Ooh, it is really good. Ooh, I, 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 I want to see that. Behind, but yeah. 
Ben Schwartz also, is so funny, so funny in that show, oh, and just yeah, like in, in yeah. general, he is so funny. I love Sam Richardson so much. So off of After Party, if you like uh, After Party, uh, watch Detroiters uh, because Detroiters is a fantastic show. That's I've heard of it. Like I know it. Sam Richardson's, and I know Sam Richardson mostly from his Doughboys appearances, which are also iconic. So, yeah, yeah. Sam Richardson's great. Ben Schwartz is great. Um, I have been listening to the the three dots to stardom and yeah so whatever like the songs from the episode are great yes uh, yeah so good you only got you were one just, shot i twice. like i i'm like a little tight you just fully talked gibberish to me for like 30 <laughs> seconds there i'm just like i don't know what the fuck is going on right now and naomi what oh you said detroiters uh in terms of me the brazilian dragon uh by the time you're hearing this you should be able to listen to the will from america and julia from america uh, Geek Charming podcast, the Sarah Highland movie, uh, Disney Channel original movie. Uh, that should be in your feeds. And then what you're doing, we're on a mini hiatus. Both Will and Navi are off uh, scheduling-wise, and uh, Navi's on a little vacation. Tell, them, tell us exactly where they are. Tell us, reveal their schedule and why. Will's at his brother's bachelor party, and Navi is at home with her mom and her brother for a little vacation. It's crazy that family. Sarah Highland was on a... It's crazy that Sarah Highland was in a decom after Modern Family had started. Right? Yeah. No, we stand That's Sarah Highland. It's so insane. But we hate the other guy because she got her big break and then went back to decom. Yeah. <laughs> we love Sarah Highland in this house. I, I love Sarah Highland. Yeah. Um, and then another so short queen. Another short queen. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Brazilian Dragon Contact. Uh, I have some things in the hopper. Nothing finalized, but. Uh, in terms of guests, Matt Scott and I are going to be podcasting about something uh, Nickelodeon related more than Disney Ooh, related. So one of the great, one of the great Matts. So many great Matts. Name a actually. There's probably bad Matt. like Sarah Highland's ex, bad Matt. <laughs> wow, uh, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, <laughs> there's one bad Matt in this world. Yeah, I mean Matt there's Damon's also up there. Matt. He just learned that you can't say some slurs. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. The funniest part about that that whole thing. Is, is that Matt Damon is, when he tells the story, he's just quoting a joke from a movie he was in. So not only is he not funny enough to come up with his own jokes, he has to repeat lines from movies he's in, which celebrities like never do, right? <laughs> and then also he's like, and I'll say this word in it. Like he doesn't even process that like that's outdated and not cool and not something you should have ever said. But he's like, yeah, I got this. And his daughter, I highly recommend everybody read what he actually says because it just is even more insane than you think it is. Like you think he's just saying it like to call mm-hmm. people that, but no, he's like, isn't it funny when I quote this joke? Fuck, <laughs> fuck that And it's great, and it's like no one asked. I don't, and this is of course such a relevant topic that we're talking about right now that this happened months ago at this point. But the best thing is that no one asked him, and he just like offers this uh, unforced error of him telling on himself. Oh yeah, of yeah, his daughter being mad at him, basically. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah, no, and then uh, in terms of my pop culture plug, uh, The Amazing Race this season is, uh, like, the tasks are not my favorite, but I just love spending an hour with these teams. I really like every single one, and tweet at me Amazing Race stuff, because I would love to talk about it with people. And Naomi just did a podcast uh, with me, Sasha. Me, Sasha on Silent Podcast, talking about The Amazing Race. I love who Sasha. Who are, you rooting, who are you rooting for? Me? I think I'm rooting for Raquel and Kayla, because... Uh, as Naomi sings. <laughs> Sorry, I just like I love the Amazing Grace theme song. Yeah, great. Do theme you song. dab to it? What? 
Do you dab to the Amazing Race theme song? No, I don't dab? casually dab when listening to it. You dab casually quite often. Naomi. Yeah, but like because it's a like a, a a button on a joke. We are really in the weeds here, Philly. Yeah. Right. Anyways, I'm rooting for Raquel and Kayla, but I think my favorites are probably Kim and Penn. Even though I I don't want them to win, I just like they're so like adorable. Um, nah, I don't like people who put their kids on the internet. I'm rooting Lulu. No, Lala I don't. I I'm talking about the TV show itself. Like I'm only watching Lulu Lala all the way. We're going. Oh, to I love Lulu Lala. Latina teams. queens. I want I want one of the all women teams to win so we can get another Latina winner in the Amazing Race. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but so and also uh March 9th, root for Daniel Strong on Survivor. That's that's my pop culture plug. Uh, oh yeah, my friend. Anyways, uh, I don't really know how to close this out because I'm having too much fun. But uh, I guess DM Naomi if you have amazing race tweet. Is that what you said? No. <laughs> I'm losing the plot. Help. Okay. The plot was lost years ago. The plot at this was point. lost so long ago. <laughs> I'm All right. so tired. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Naomi Movies. Make sure on your way out, you take a survey to review what you thought about this. Rate and free popcorn. Rate- oh wait i remember what i was saying the dragon baby feed uh aj is talking about pretty little liars on that feed so go subscribe to that rate and subscribe five stars on apple podcast the brazilian dragon podcast uh tell a friend tell multiple friends uh maybe maybe show cut my voice out of this podcast and only listen to maddie and naomi because they were saying intelligent things probably wouldn't wouldn't be a good experience (laughs) (laughs) and uh Thank you for coming to the movies, and uh, I'll see you in the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Welcome back, everybody, to... Fuck, I fucked it up.